0: Hey guys, welcome to the Backlog Podcast number 51, and today we got a chance to sit down with Juicebox FGC and talk about how we got to start with fighting games, why Virtua Fighter is one of the hardest fighting games to play, and being a fighting game teacher. I hope you enjoy this episode.
1: That's a podcast problem. Every time. There we go. There's always something.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to totally kick open my door and then I'm going to walk through it's going to fire things up. By the way, did you yeah. see that there's that streamer kid that has like pyrotechnics yes. in his bedroom?
2: No, uh, I have heard possibly. about them, yeah.
0: It looks problematic. How does that, how does that go about? Like, what, like, is he not worried, he's not worried about burning his house down or, you know. Smoke
1: inhalation, burning house down, that's fine. Are we just no, I mean, too poor mean, to
0: understand that? Is that really it's what totally that safe. You've he a, a sparkler, right? You, you've yeah. held one in your hands. Did you yeah. catch on fire? Seems fine to me. Exactly. It's true. It did burn
1: my fingers when I held it too long, though, because I was a dumb child. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting kind of warm.
0: I I always thought it was, like, super, super crazy that, yeah, he just he went ahead and did that. He must own, his, his parents must own that house.
3: You've never seen him in a fire in the same room. Like, how you know he's not fireproof? <laughs> no. You don't until you test it.
0: That's true. He could just be constantly saturated with jelly of some kind, exactly. that flame-resistant jelly. Uh, how, 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 do know, how do you know? How do you know he's not actually it. it's a CGI?
1: Exactly. It, it's all CGI. <laughs> he could be the
3: first mutant. But no, I mean that's 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 insane. But it's also really cool. Uh, I think a laser light show would probably be more practical. But you know, uh you know, if you the money, spend it, right?
1: You could laser light show through the smoke from the pyrotechnics. What up? See
0: so, sure, ya. Yeah. Thank you. That's not true because, you know, you say he could be the first mutant, but I know canonically, uh, what is it, Darwin? Uh, all it takes is for you to put an explosive in his mouth uh, and he dies.
3: Oh, God. Let's Can we not talk about the worst part <laughs> of X-Men First Class? Because that was almost a perfect movie. And then you just have to ignore the central conceit of Darwin's powers in that he adapts through everything. Except But, for explosives. you know.
0: Did did I don't know, man? I'm just saying, like you know, uh, explosives weren't. Well, maybe they were here before before we were. So I'm just saying he was in, in the element.
1: comics and he was completely invincible. Literally, like absorbed an explosion that would destroy the universe. But you know, it's cool. It's whatever, you know. Really?
0: Just just we're comic scaling. shit. <laughs>
3: Power scaling's a bitch. It's just it is whatever.
0: Movie uh, scaling. Movie scaling's a bitch. Movie scale. I think they just realized that they were like, oh, oh, oh fuck, we put him in this movie. Like, what are we gonna do? And then they had they had to like back, they had to back down real hard from what was going on. Uh, so the, uh, there could well, never be a crisis. He just hey, wins. You have,
3: to, <laughs> you have to fridge at least one character to motivate the other characters to win, right? That's just, that's just basic movie
0: writing.
4: But I'm him it's though? True. It's true.
1: <laughs> you know, they, they, neuter, they neuter characters all the time and everything. I finally saw the first Shazam. They nerfed the crap out of Shazam. The guy's weak as hell in that
0: movie. Oh, boy. I try. Speaking of which, I try to watch Shazam 2. Oh, uh, no. Tried to? I tried to. I made it I like it was one of those movies. And this is just me. This is just my opinion where I made it halfway through it. And I'm like, oh, shit, there's another hour left. <laughs> it it felt Terrible like feeling. an eternity was, man yeah. uh uh of that's, that's rough what,
3: was it did you did you feel like you were sitting upon the rock of eternity
0: oh my god it's, i, don't, deep, deep I don't i don't i <laughs> don't even understand that's too deep i'm for sorry
3: me. I'm, I'm i'm nerd power leveling no uh yeah it's hey at least you tried because based on the box office score most people didn't even bother to try watching sazam they're like is this going to be in the old universe or the new universe? And they're like, we don't know. Okay, cool. So I'm just going to not watch it. Then. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's what in what the I old universe, it. by the
2: way.
3: Yeah. So I, I would say yeah, I've, and heard, uh,
2: I've heard people uh, had that complaint about, um, did you guys ever see Speed Racer? <clears throat>
3: yeah. The movie or
2: the, the Wachowski no. Speed Racer. The oh, Live I loved movie. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I need to sure. see great. it.
0: I need
1: the to, to see
2: it. Everyone needs to see it. at know, some point. Well, guys, one, one person at a time, right. please. Hold on. Juice, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Uh, if, if at some point you're going through the movie and it's like, wow, this is a really, really long and weird and cartoony and over the top movie. It's like, yes, because it's based on an anime and they did a really good job.
3: <laughs> yeah, Wachowskis uh, understand movie. anime. That's that's that is what I learned from that movie.
2: Um, True.
0: Th- honestly, one of the- Speed Racer was one of those movies that I saw on just network cable one day, and I was like, "What is this?" And then I sat down and watched the whole thing, and I'm like, "God damn, that was a great movie!" <laughs> and I was like, "How did I never hear about this?" And I and then, excited I, then I, I saw that oh yeah, it was a, a box office failure. And I'm like, "This is probably one of the best movies I've ever seen," and uh, I think it still is actually. But the problem is, is it's been so long since I've seen it that i don't know if past me thinks it's the best like current me will still think it's one of the best movies i've ever seen but um yeah absolutely 100 percent. if you've never seen speed racer go watch that movie it's a it's a technical masterpiece as well
1: all right i'll, I'll go watch it you, right man. now you got all right, right man fun. see ya all
0: right all right hey, you gotta <laughs> it.
3: It? no uh i i feel like that I wonder if the divide on that movie is like, have you seen the source material? Because if you've seen the source material, you're like, this is perfect, this is the best thing ever. If you've never seen Speed Racer before and don't know anything about it, you're like, this is kind of weird,
2: I don't know. It's partially the source material, but it's also like people's capacity for like cartooniness and colorfulness. Like some people see, like if you see people say, for example, that the upcoming Street Fighter 6 doesn't look good, it's because they are not used to like bright flashing neon colors being the main color palette of a thing. Or because, you know, like you can say, I don't like Luke's hair, but then you see the level three animation and everything like desaturates a little bit. And then there's an absolutely different, you know, color palette being flown at you. And some people don't like those big visual changes. And they very clearly wanted those massive visual changes like in the Speed Racer movie. So it looks jarring. And some people really hate that, (laughs) <laughs> is what it is but you know in my opinion so, it's beautiful
1: so what so you're, you're saying is your child wisdom I mean yeah. wisdom like whimsy childlike I was whimsy. gonna say like Whimsical. yeah so what
3: you're saying is Zack Snyder corrupted everyone's view of what a movie should be
1: <laughs> and Michael Bay and Michael Bay and,
3: and Chris Nolan because you know it doesn't need to be grimdark to be fun right I think Marvel proved that uh, but people you know adults periodically forget that so they're like no 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 Got to be dark and serious. <laughs> I remember the it. movie about people Batman like, versus
2: hey, Superman. Yeah. In, in, in like eyes. the gaming sphere, it was like yeah. Gears of War one was like when the discussion started, and it was the same discussion every time a new shooter would come out. Uh, we have enough brown and green. We have enough brown. We have enough brown and gray. The gray, and it was like Gears of War sort of kicked that off. I remember. You don't get Call it. Of Duty kept gritty, it going okay.
0: too. The dark like, and greedy reboot. I feel like that was also a problem with like tail end PS2 games is like they all started to just become very gray and dark and uh but ps3 was like horrible about it or ps3 is it six gen i think uh was was really bad about that and then sort of uh it even ruined the games you love like the reason why we got dmc is essentially is the same reason uh that uh you know uh Years of war and all those things, because they thought people didn't want those games anymore. They just wanted like an Americanized, you know, Western, which is how we got the weird. Is it the weird Bomberman game too that existed? Where uh, there's like an is there Xbox. There's a gritty Bomberman game. Yes, there is. Yeah, uh, oh, oh, oh. It's, I uh, it's on the players. Xbox. Uh, it's. A, I know you what know. you're
2: talking about. I remember the box art. It's a bomber. Yeah, it's like Bomberman Zero, I think it was called. Yes. Yep. Something yeah. like
0: that. <laughs> uh, it's heinous. It's
1: awful. It's <laughs> not Bomberman. Like Gears of War, Where's my adorable little bomber, man.
0: Huge reason for missteps in uh gaming throughout that generation. Um, Thanks, Cliffy. Yeah, exactly. Ex- oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> the, Cliff, then, he's trying
3: to come back too. he's still he's still trying to get law lawbreakers off the ground,
0: d- dude. And and there was also I was just listening to someone what? talk about this the other day, and it was like a guy came like this guy from a Japanese company. I don't know if it was if it was uh Square Enix or what went to this press conference, and I don't know if it was Cliffy B. I don't think it was Cliffy B. Who's the dude, the really annoying dude from Microsoft uh, who's kind of a scumbag? I, I know, probably like, I'm probably describing if a you lot know, of people. Uh, if, you want, if you want to play
3: uh, our new Xbox uh, online, we have a console for you. It's the old Xbox, that guy? Oh,
0: that guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's essentially, he shamed this person for you know saying Japanese games suck or whatever. So it was this huge theme of of that era, just to say, you know, Japanese games are terrible, colored games are terrible. I don't know. It just so really did, dark. Side. Like it. Look at all that color. Nobody needs that.
1: We only yeah. need like three. Suck that out.
3: Yeah, they didn't <laughs> like the the label of JRPG, even though I would argue that the the JRPG is probably the most consistent contributor to the development of overall RPG game design than any of the Western RPGs. I think the Western RPGs decided to mine way too deep into uh, D&D mechanics and got just ridiculously hard to play and complicated to explain to new players. And JRPGs were like, no, no, let's, let's make it fun. And the mechanics just build on themselves. It doesn't just start super complicated. And it's yeah. just like, but yeah, no, they hated being called JRPGs for a while, even though I, I think a lot of people who grew up now would argue they were the funnest RPGs to come out in that era.
1: Yeah, but being a JRPG kind of like segregates them from being just an RPG. Is, that's what they just wanted to be, is
0: just an RPG. They didn't want to be a JRPG. RPG, yeah. 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 I think uh like I, and I, even even now i've started to hear people u- use different terms other than jrpg as well and i, yes. I can't remember the i've only heard them with like this come about recently kind of like in games in general so i don't remember the term so i apologize but yeah i really think i would it's, probably
2: just call it a classic role-playing game classic RPG classic role-playing yeah, playing, you yeah. Know, uh, and and then you know if you wanted to differentiate the western rpg i guess you could Call that more tabletop style or something? I don't know. Like, I'm sure people I will mean, come up with a good way there's, to there's call it. There's
1: classic RPGs, just the RPGs, and then there's action RPGs, which are more of like the more recent things that we've gotten. Like with more recent Final Fantasies are more action RPGs than traditional RPG. 15. Yeah, yeah, that's fair.
3: 16 is going to be an ARPG.
1: Yeah. Yep, it is. But, um, it looks fire, by the way. It does Damn, look so that cool. game I'm so good. excited
3: for 16.
1: I going I- back to some like medieval, like actual Final Fantasy setting stuff. Oh, they got me hype. Oh, I love
2: the trailer. Love it. every second of it.
0: Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it I love the for- kaiju fights, kaiju fights. Let's August, go Have kaiju fights. <laughs> yeah. August, August, what were you going to say, man?
4: Oh, uh, I
3: guess I like as someone who like, don't get me wrong, I, I enjoy a good JRPG that has turn-based mechanics that are kind of interesting and get you to think. Uh, but as someone who's extremely ADD, just wants to press buttons, I've always craved, you know, the ability to do something that's a timing-based thing. So I love that like modern JRPGs have just taken that evolutionary step now and the ARPGs are just turning into single-player fighting games. because it's just cracked to me. Like DMC5, I'm like, yes, this is, why couldn't we have had this years ago? This is
0: the perfect evolution. We, this. we, we did, it was called DMC4. <laughs>
3: I mean, but, like, DMC5 was the next step. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're finally getting it. They finally get to a lot of the, like, the... I'm not gonna say the average person, but most people just want to press buttons. And, like, I like that we finally get to do that. And, like, in Final good. Fantasy seven Remaster, like, we got both options. You can play it turn-based. But I know most people just want to press buttons.
0: Absolutely. That's why people love fighting games. Um. Yo, so, uh, let's let's actually... Delve a little bit into the actual the interview questions we have here, uh, oh, for sure. So, so we don't hold, hold Juice for hostage for too too long with our objections on uh, RPGs. Yo, Juice, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, and how you got into the FGC, my man?
2: All right. Yeah. All right. So, Juicebox is the nickname. My real name's Eric. Um, I can tell you the story about how I got that name as well. Um, but um, my start in fighting games uh, as a kid, I got an NES when I was really young. So I, my first game was like Mario Brothers. I got into gaming as a kid in general. Um, but the Super Nintendo was the system that I probably played the most as a kid that had the biggest like impact on my development. And my favorite Super Nintendo games were like Mega Man X one, um, Mario RPG and Street Fighter 2, like World Warrior, the, the first Super Nintendo one. Um, I played World Warrior over and over and over as a kid, but I didn't really get it. Like I wasn't like thinking about attack speeds or anything like that. I was like, oh, Guile, he's American and he works in the Air Force. How cool. And it's like, who's this Ryu guy? Why does Ken look like him? What's what's a sumo wrestler? And, And I was just like enamored with it. I beat the computer over and over and over and loved all the music and all that good stuff. But I didn't really get into fighting games proper until high school. So 2005, I'm living in Long Island, New York at the time, and uh, I'm some of my friends were playing like Smash Brothers Melee. So that's that's sort of where it starts for me. It's like, oh, melee. What's this? What's that? We start watching videos. We learn how to wave dash. We learn all that silly, you know, tech stuff on a GameCube controller. Around the same time, we saw the Daigo Perry video. Oh, yeah. And it's like, what is this? And I'm like, well, that's Ken and that's Chun-Li. Ask me how I know. Uh, But it's like, what game are they playing? That's not Street Fighter 2. So we learned that that's Third Strike. And at the time, the way to play Third Strike was via Street Fighter anniversary collection on PS2. I think it was also on Xbox or something. Mm -hmm. So we were playing anniversary collection on PS2 uh, on pads. Some of us, you know, eventually I think would get sticks. And around that time is when I graduated high school and went to college, and this would be in Phoenix, Arizona. And that's around 2006. So I started getting into fighting games proper with Melee. And then that sort of turned into Third Strike. When I went down to college, there was an arcade nearby and they're playing Third Strike and they're pretty good. So I tried to like play with them and I was getting destroyed, but I was having fun and starting to Get the building blocks of like how to play fighting games they were playing cbs2 at the time i saw my first role cancel. i i'm like this is broken this this is this isn't fair that was you know scrub juice you know <laughs> uh and you know after that around that time a year and a half two years after that is like hey we're making a street fighter 4 and i'm like all right that's gonna be my game i want to try really hard to be really good at street fighter 4 so summer 2008 if i recall was the release of street fighter 4 in japanese arcades and at that point because i was a fan of smash and i had gotten into like third strike i was going to evo Uh, my family lived in vegas and at that time evo was free to attend you could just go and watch and it only cost money to enter a tournament um so i I had been attending evo every few years and then i heard okay at evo this year they're gonna have street fighter 4 cabinets so we can try it so I believe they had three pairs of Ulix cabinets uh, that were set up on free play with a seven win limit. And so, yeah, I I had been watching a lot of videos and I was just doing super, super basic stuff with Abel. I said, I want to learn one of the new characters. So the new characters were Viper, Rufus, Fuerte and Abel. And I'm like, Rufus is ugly. I don't really like Fuerte. Viper, meh. I had not yet hit my redhead mommy phase, so. Viper was not ready for (laughs) I was not ready for Viper at that time unlucky yeah so I'm like okay Abel he looks interesting amnesia I can work with that grappler never played one let's do it turns out he's very interesting and it turns out later that he's you know partially inspired by like KOF gameplay and you know that's a cool just connection there but I was just doing super basic stuff like block a blanca ball do an ultra and and with super basic things I was able to win a few times and Um, And so how I got my name, exact same time frame, is uh, most people that were playing at the cabinets had entered other tournaments. So they had their Evo badge, their little lanyard, and there were like rows and rows of lanyards on these arcade machines. Um, But I didn't have one because I didn't enter any tournaments. What I had was some trash that morning because I went to breakfast at Jack in the Box. Um, So I had a little empty box of Minute Maid orange juice that I put on the cabinet i didn't have a lanyard and i remember it was my turn and someone said hey who's the juice box so i just like you know what i'll work with that that's ran with that that, that's how i got the name back then i just decided to keep that for a bit um but yeah after that the rest is sort of history since then i've been playing very competitively traveling when i can uh street fighter 4 i got ninth place one year the other years were like 13th 17th 13th and after that i started to branch out i got into the kof games uh, I got. I played. I played Tekken on and off, and I like and appreciate and understand that game. And but now I recognize that there's parts of it that I don't like as much. Um, I've since then branched off into Virtua Fighter, and I try to play as many different fighting games as I can, and sort of you know, build up my skill set from there.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. Yeah, um, nice. yeah. What? What? Um,
3: so uh, can I? Oh yeah go, go first, go oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So, um, yeah, so just kind of uh, self concerted random questions. But, I'm yeah, I mean, you've been Juice box at FGC for a hot minute now. Like, uh, you know, you, you have a storied history and anyone's kind of been around, and like, knows you're out there grinding, training, teaching, um, doing all that stuff. Um, has, like, the name Juice Box kind of taken on like new meaning like the longer you've been in the game like have people like you know made made interesting comments to you and you're like oh yeah it also can mean that too like has it kind of like evolved in its meaning to you
2: i wouldn't say so i don't really think of it as a big deal i'm just a dude who likes video games happens to like fighting games happens to like teaching fighting games in specific i mean i'm i'm i don't think I, i don't think i've said this but i'm 34 i turned 35 in august this year um so i don't feel old. Actually, I feel quite chipper. Thanks for asking. (laughs) Um, But but it's like, you know, I can walk in a room and someone will go, hey, that's Juicebox. And like, I can appreciate that, but I don't, I'm I'm a very humble, pretty low, pretty low key dude. I mean, if I'm, okay, let me be honest though. I almost went to drama school. Okay. I am a theater kid at heart. I appreciate being on a podcast. I can even appreciate being on camera. I like public speaking, but I'm, despite that, I'm actually a fairly humble person. Um, so even though I light up a bit on stage, even though I'm a very animated person, I am not really in my daily life. So if I don't really want or even really like or appreciate um, notoriety much. I try to be as low key as possible. So it's it's nice when you can go to another state and someone has heard of you, but beyond that, uh, I honestly rather not (laughs) you know call me by my real name eric or you know you could just say hey juice how's it going and i would prefer if you said then hey let's go out to eat or let's play or let's talk about this game and you know try and not to make it make it about me or anything like that there's not much to tell not really it's
3: just it's just one aspect of of you and what you enjoy to do but of course it's not all you you like a
1: lot of other stuff this podcast is all you right now (laughs) <laughs> what do we do now? Hi. Nice. Oh, no. <laughs> uh,
0: we can talk literally about anything but you, I guess. What? Uh, <laughs> pick the subject. Uh, so. Yo, so juice, I know I saw recently that you had went to New York. How was your trip now?
2: Um, trip was lovely. Um, So going into it a little bit more. Um, Growing up, I was a military brat. So I've lived in lots of places. I was actually born in an American base in Germany. Um, My parents are both Puerto Rican, my father is from the island and my mother is from the Bronx, but they're both like 100% Puerto Rican. Um, So I've lived in many places and interacted with a handful of different cultures. Um, I've lived in, well, Germany for like 30 seconds. I don't, I'm not a German. National, I don't know the language or anything. Um, But I I lived in California, then in Texas, and then in Colorado, and then in Maryland, and then in Nevada, and then in New York State on Long Island, and then back down to Arizona again. Uh, So as far as the trip to New York goes, it was nice to be in a big city again. Phoenix is technically a major United States metropolitan area and all that, but It doesn't have great transit. You're not within a five minute walking distance of any kind of food that you want. Um, I have, you know, various gripes about the city, but you know, overall things are fine. But visiting New York, it was just really nice. Um, This is gonna sound odd, but it was really nice to not be able to see the sky. Sort of like, you know that feeling that people have when they're from like uh, maybe the country and they go to a city and they're like, this is uncomfortable. I had the opposite feeling. This is great. There's so many loud, obnoxious, interesting people here. Wonderful. <laughs> I can start a conversation with anyone and it's not weird. I can be myself and, you know, be animated and, and a little awkward and no one thinks it's weird. This is great. It's a great place. Hey, I'd like to go way across town. Why don't I just walk underground, get in the metal crate and I'm there and it's fine. <laughs> um I just, uh, I really enjoy the energy and the environment and the accessibility, um, you know, as an able bodied person, you know, I understand that that's, you know, not everyone's situation, but it's, uh, I, I loved the city and um, the people, you know, I, I met some people that I've been talking to online for years at this point, like Tricky and Harponier from the Virtue Fighter community, mm-hmm. and the guys are on the Brooklyn video games arcade. Um, Arturo Sanchez showed up and started installing FGCOS on the on the the setups there. Um, It was just really nice to see everyone, meet everyone again. It was a great brotherly, friendly atmosphere. Um, And I want to go back, honestly.
0: Um, Yeah, it's kind of funny how how. um, It's it's like, you know, something is for you as soon as you're there, like that, just something about the atmosphere, like, you know, the people you're with. You're like this feels like home and that's that's really great that you you kind of found that in a different place that's amazing uh especially the ed- yeah go ahead sorry
3: uh, I, I was just saying he's tapping into the fgc part of the juice box fgc right yes he's Getting to live that live that life yeah i mean yeah.
1: everyone in arizona i ever met was super cranky because it's just so damn hot <laughs> that you don't want to be bothered by anything or anyone so
2: yeah, pe- people in Arizona it. don't like it if you're too showy or anything like that, or if you're having too good of a time. People in Arizona probably didn't enjoy the Speed Racer movie. You know, yeah, like that—that's—that's that, that, what—that's what I'm talking about. Like, if people in New York like, "Wow, this movie is really colorful and interesting. It's for us." <laughs> uh, yep. this is
1: a baby movie Says for Arizona. babies. Says uh, Arizona.
3: They don't like having too much fun. Okay, too much fun is—they don't awesome. like any fun.
0: So um, trash on Arizona all day mm. out, of, out of curiosity. Uh, so like getting to be there and like meeting all these different, these really interesting figures in the FGC, which to me, when I think of the FGC, I think of New York. I'm not going to lie. I'm also kind of, we're kind of close to New York. I lived near, I lived in Connecticut. I, you know, lived near you, New York. Uh, when I started watching, Online events, it was from NLBC. So to me, like, that's the first thing that comes to mind. It comes to your name's up there, uh, you know, Arturo Sanchez is up there, spooky. Those are just the regulars to me when I'm thinking of of that. So, uh, you know, getting to see all these, like, really awesome players, you know, growing up, uh, like, what do you think, kind of, it is about New York that makes the players so great?
2: well there's two answers to this question there is the boring socio-political and economic answer involving population density transit and availability of facilities but that's that's a boring answer the better answer is that there is a distinct sense of community that has been born out of those circumstances and there is not every fighting game community has the hunger you know what i mean like Uh, It only takes two people to start a local. It only takes two people to start showing up and just like, hey, let's bring a console, let's play Dragon Ball Z Budokai 3 every week forever. And then that's your local FGC, you know? shoutouts to Bardock. Um, But like, at some point, the players and their personalities and their situations will determine if they wanna take it further. If you have five people that are playing Tekken 7 with each other, do one or two of you want to become way better than the other dudes? Do you start playing for money? Do you attract people from out of state to play you for money? New York has a congregation of a kind where if you want to be super hardcore about it, there are people that are on your level that will challenge you and will help you grow. Thus, we have players like IDOM getting to like the top or top two of every like major Street Fighter V tournament, you know, um, and a, a training environment that can facilitate that sort of growth and that kind of a player um, but that's not that's not going to be everywhere it depends on the people it depends on a lot of factors uh, some of the boring stuff does matter but then it's like you know do the people around you put you down when you win or when you get better at things do yeah. the people around you appreciate that and trash talk you and sort of push you to keep going? Um, do you hang out and say friendly things with each other after the games, and do you support each other and that sort of stuff? So, um, now I have to be—I have to be completely transparent. I didn't visit NLBC on my last oh. on my last trip there. I was just completely at Brooklyn and like focused on um, uh, Virtua Fighter. But uh, I do want to go there next time. Uh, my my current hope is to hopefully go to NYC again after Street Fighter Six comes out, maybe like in the fall or early winter. I don't know if I can handle it because I'm a lizard, uh, but around that time of year, and you know, maybe get some Street Fighter 6 training up with those guys, where I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, they will just destroy me unapologetically, and that's exactly the sort of environment that you want to be extremely strong. Yeah. Um, you, you should surround yourself as much as possible with players that can kick your ass, but that are willing to continue playing you.
3: It's like the the old steel sharpened steel kind of adage where like if you have, you know, other people trying to get better, pushing each other to get better, then, you know, the whole group gets better.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: I I really, it really feels like it's, you know, in listening to like art and a lot of the people from that area who've been there forever, um, that it is a large part of that arcade culture, you know, kind of coming into things and sort of, you know, that I think kind of builds a community aspect of what I think kind of grows New York to be such a powerhouse that it is. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Like I think that in anything that I've ever done, it has always been incredibly difficult to find people who are, you know, they'll beat your ass, they'll talk a little shit to you, but at the end of the day, you know, they're cool, you know, and they're not gonna, you know, where sometimes you do meet that asshole who's like oh yeah i think he could be better than me someday so i'm gonna be i'm just gonna you know bully him or whatever it may be um mm. I, I mean maybe that's like an incredibly specific example but um, y- you know what i mean trying to th- that community of like yeah it doesn't matter at the end of the day we're all kind of helping each other to get better um i love that it's a
3: constructive think,
0: constructive community um, yeah
3: yeah and i mean obviously on uh, like and i think Honestly, this day and age, I think that's one of the more interesting things to talk about uh, in kind of the evolution in fighting game and fighting game culture uh, is what does the community look like in an online space? You know, how did COVID affect that? I mean, uh, we lost some arcades, people got kind of pushed to the fringe. um, But then again, like, you know, two years time or two out from main COVID, you saw some online killers come up. Like you saw the guy that went really deep from the uh, last chance qualifier uh uh in this uh street fighter uh championship uh we saw like nephew who were like yeah he's gone to a couple of the locals but he also just plays a ton online yeah um so and the same aspect like you know i i think it's it's kind of cool and kind of different but i think the idea of community is growing with these online spaces where people can now meet in discord and talk about things like yeah it's not the same as meeting in person yeah. Um, but I, I, I like juicebox, what do you think about like, the, the kind of
2: evolution of, of that to like remote? Um, well, I think that there is a correlation with sort of when you entered the FGC and how you approach like online as a learning tool. For the newer generation, online is what they started with and it's what they are working with. Um, so you buy a game, you have the abil- ability to play it online and that's how you play the game. The idea of going to someone's house or to a venue to play the game offline is supplemental. What you do with the game is you play it online at home over and over and over again, and that's how you get good at it. You know, like Halo. (laughs) Um, So. MLG Pro. So it's like, from that perspective, that's a perfectly viable and good way to go about it. Um, I'm on However, my my perspective and my experience has been that offline is better in multiple tiny ways that can add up over time and it can compound. Like we were talking about the New York City fighting game community, if you routinely play offline with it, like with people of a similar mindset, then you can build each other in a very direct way that is hard to replicate online. Now. We, like, me and you could say let's pick up this new game and then we could talk on Discord every day and we could be trading tech and that's like a very good, you know, that, that comes very close to it, but that's also a lot of extra effort. So it's sort of like who just sort of turns on the game and plays online and is sort of treating it like a single player game with a gauntlet and seeing how much they can improve on their own and how much effort do they put into the community side. When I, and what I mean by that is reaching out to players, asking for tech, learning people's names, getting used to people's faces and their personalities, yeah. and navigating that web to sort of construct a a a pseudo-play environment of these are my peers and these are the people that I'm going to you know practice with and and we're going to build each other up in this way. So there there's there's a dividing line there you know we see it all the time when it's like is this game dead is this game a discord fighter you know i would rather just be able to get a nameless faceless nobody to play that's how i want to play fighting games which is very awkward and weird in my opinion um But that's also, but I understand that sometimes you want to play to de-stress. You don't necessarily want to play to socialize or to meet new people. Like That's not necessarily why people play fighting games, right? So there's a part of it that's understandable. You just want to play. But then there's the other part of it where, okay, you want to play. But if you want to have fun, playing with people you know helps. If you want to improve, playing with people who you can talk with absolutely helps, you know? so. There's a lot of elements of fighting games that are much more fun, much more intuitive, much more interesting when you know and interact with the people that you're playing with. And so there's, there's that sort of dividing line whenever there's an online discussion about that because some people in the discussion are not on the same side of the discussion. Some people want to play against nameless, faceless nobodies over and over and that's just their fun. Mm-hmm. And some of us don't want that, and so when you try to keep that in mind when you encounter that particular argument that happens, because they're approaching it from a different perspective, and it's not a it's not a universal agreement. Um, yeah, but you know, off, off, offline's better. <laughs> That's my word on it. Oh, offline's cool. better. <laughs> you just came out and said it. <laughs> uh, online like... <laughs> is a great tool, and you should use it but offline is better. If you can drive an hour or two to play someone and it's not a terrible inconvenience, go through the effort. You might make a lifelong friend. And even if you don't, you still got some lag-free practice. And even if you didn't, at least you got to stop at the McDonald's and get a McDouble and a spicy and you enjoyed your night, you know? So, you know, like there's, there's, it's it's worth it to go through the effort in my opinion.
3: Yeah, but I hate that, Seattle. That, that one dude living <laughs> in Antarctica is shook right now it's just this this whole life this whole outlook blown up uh no absolutely i mean i think uh we've had other podcasts where we've talked about guests about uh what it's like training and trying to learn on your own and it's just it's such a bigger uphill battle when you don't have someone to interact with, when you don't have someone to uh, ask that feedback, like, okay, you totally blew me up. How'd you do that? You know what I mean? Like, You can get that direct answer where, you know, if you're sitting by yourself alone, even with the games with some of the best tools out, uh, like the instant replays, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's like a crime scene. You still have to reconstruct why you lost. Like, you can't just like ask someone who probably already knows, uh, which definitely speaks to the kind of the, the relational nature of, of, of teaching. Uh, someone, something, and how it's it's much easier when there's someone in the room just to be able to explain something. You,
1: know? Oh, you didn't know that was a tech trap. Yeah, that's why you ate shit.
0: <laughs>
1: um, you didn't.
2: You didn't see that safe jump. Sucks for you.
0: <laughs> block strings. <laughs> block strings ain't close. Block strings ain't closed. Huh? Um, I think that's that's those factors are all incredibly true. I think for me, the thing that I come across with a lot is one not everybody plays the same fighting game. <laughs> that's an, that's a huge issue. Two, not everybody has the time to help you. And then three, where are these people and how do I find them? And those are right. all, those are the, my biggest issues for learning fighting games is like, yeah, I know the people, some people who know how to learn this game, how to how to get better, how to help me get better even. But do I want to bother them you know to help me do they even have the time to help me and that's that's just you know do they even you know some people don't just like you You know that's that's just a fact they don't want to help you because they for whatever reason they don't they don't they don't like you and those are just my biggest hurdles in in terms of like getting better at fighting games because i i know i need to work with someone who's better than me uh i know that online only does so much for you and sometimes you're you're spinning in place when you're when you're you know going online you know you're doing the same mistakes every time you know you I don't know. even know where to start yeah. yeah well i mean i know where to start it's just
3: yeah
0: it's just that i also know that you can i can go ahead and i can learn how to play bass right mm-hmm. i i play bass for a few years more than a few years mm-hmm. but as soon as the first time i took my lesson my first lesson i realized how many things i was slightly small things i was doing wrong that was able to push me to the point where i'm like oh okay this is how i can change things with this song to make it so much easier you know mm-hmm. this is how i can hold my bass so my hands don't get tired you know like some people uh for example you know just a, a small example right some people wear their bass very low towards their knees right but if you hold you actually it's better if you hold it how you play right so if i'm sitting here in this chair right and i hold the base about here this is where i want the base to be every time when i'm standing up so it's just certain things like that i'm holding i'm holding the neck there's a line on the back actually that shows you this is where your thumb's supposed to be (laughs) you know so much can be so much
3: can be learned from uh other people's time hacks other people's time savers, other people's like small optimizations they've made over time that you wouldn't even have thought of Uh, but you play with them you observe them for a minute you're like oh okay yeah that's genius that makes so much sense you know what i mean like i was over here trying to reinvent the wheel where this guy's just got something that works and yeah i mean that's another thing that like if you're not learning in person it's, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be hard to know you don't know what you don't know you know what i mean you can't defend against what's what you don't know
2: I've encountered similar hurdles. I mean, it's not, it's definitely not all sunshine and rainbows. Um, and this is where we get where the topic becomes you know, hey, the fighting a community is insular. It's hard to get in. It's sometimes, depending on where you are again, boring stuff, but it matters. Socioeconomics, politics, population density. Um, sometimes your community is full of assholes. Sometimes you ask yeah. someone that you know knows the answer but they don't wanna tell you. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I never want to give that answer personally. Um, I just, I, I, I mean, I approach fighting games as if they are an academic discipline. I feel like it is worth it approaching it along those lines. And similarly, there should be academic exchanges that occur between people who know what they're talking about to try and lift everyone up it's the same as ideas like a a peer review paper or you know you you always want two different teams of astronomers looking at the same stars and comparing results and things like that so but like learning street fighter 4 i had to learn how to play footsies i didn't start knowing how to play footsies um But, you know, along the lines of the fighting game community is insular. There's also the related topic of the fighting game community needs better resources. Now, it is my opinion that the information that is out there right now on YouTube is sufficient to put together a basic construction of how to of like how to get fighting in fundamentals but the but the problem with that assessment is that there's a there's a bit of gray area in terms of like personality and play style that isn't really well documented or written down because it is inexact it, it's vague by its definition um my, i can't really give a perspective other than my own but my perspective is a bit odd because i uh i don't like using something unless i know how it works and unless i know the counter to it so even as i was learning a fighting game i'm like i don't want to poke with this unless i know what they can beat it with and because of that sort of scientific approach where i'm like testing testing and testing and testing and then going to play i developed my own method for just how to learn a fighting game like at this point i know how to learn a fighting game You can give me a brand new game that's not mechanically like any game I've ever played. And I will almost certainly be able to put the pieces together and figure out how the game should be played, at least on like a basic level. I might not necessarily like write the whole strategy guide or anything like that, but I am confident in my ability to decipher and decode a game. Not everyone is. And so so, the, the, the real hurdle to learning a fighting game is learning how to learn a fighting game. And that comes down to the building blocks of What happens when hitboxes interact? Do you know how to use frame data to learn what works and what doesn't work? When is it relevant? When is it not relevant? What are the multiple different ways of expressing that a move is invincible? Is it invincible because your hurt box disappears, or because it shifts, or because there's some sort of overriding property that prevents them from, you know, working? Uh, like, uh, as just as an example, King of Fighters used to have upper body invincibility, where just your upper, the top half of your hurt box would disappear. So if anything hits you there, like a jab, you would go through it. But in KOF 15, most of those moves now have anti-air invincibility, which is to say. If you're on the ground and jab, it doesn't beat that. Your entire physical hurt box is still there, but the top half changes color and that portion of it cannot be hit by any move that is considered airborne. So a lot of light uppercuts can now beat Terry's, like a, like for example, uh, Terry's burn knuckle, or burn knuckle, he's airborne during that move. So you can just DP it even with a DP that isn't fully invincible because it's considered airborne. Um, so, It's like a lot of the gripes, a a lot of the issues right now with going from a lower level to an intermediate player and from an intermediate to an advanced player is knowing how to divide the information into digestible chunks and knowing how to actually decipher and decode it. And there really is no great answer for that. I have developed, you know, just my own testing methods and like with technically speaking, with just training mode and enough trial and error, you can figure it out. But this is where we have to grapple with the fact that, you know, you need the capability to do that. And it's always best to get a second opinion, get a third opinion, and you need two or three people that are interested in that level of detail and so on and so forth. Like it's not, it's unfortunately Mm -hmm. not a genre that you can get into the detail with just by simply playing. No, you have to focus on a specific thing and test it over and over and over and compare it with other people to actually get that information that you're looking for sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so I, have, I have kind of like a follow-up question here. Oh, okay. So, same. Yeah, so since you are very clearly like a heavy, like analytical fighting player, do you feel like people who are more like based on like feelings in quotes are like at a disadvantage when they're learning a fighting game?
2: Yes, but only in the short term. The, the thing I want to stress is me being analytical doesn't make me good. It just makes me informed, like as an example, in Tekken, if you are minus nine, you're not punishable, but you're in a really bad situation where your opponent can use a quick mid or a quick low and you can't react to either of them and you can't step either of them. So if I know when you are minus nine, I know I can score at least a little damage if I choose between a quick mid and a quick low. Not everyone perceives the minus nine situation as that. Some people just perceive, if I'm anywhere from zero to minus nine, I'm safe and I'm gonna do whatever. You don't necessarily need that granularity to make a good decision when you're minus nine. Playing by feel works perfectly fine. At the end of the day, you have to make a choice and people who play by feel make great choices sometimes and sometimes they don't. And me being analytical doesn't mean I'm gonna win that choice, it just means I understand the choice. I will go for down three plus four is Kazumi and I will get low parried and die. <laughs> um, it's it's one of those things. So it, I desire that granularity because I want to understand precisely why everything happens. Your goal when playing a fighting game or excuse me, when learning a fighting game is to get to a point where no matter what happens on the screen, you understand it. There should be nothing that occurs in the game where you go. What happened there? W- what's going on? W- how did that beat that if you are asking that question stop playing go to training mode get the answer then resume playing because when you know why it happened then you are no longer grappling with the game you are grappling with your decision right before that thing happened and fixing those decisions is how you get better
0: yeah
3: i think i, yes, think I, that's I got it of, training mode i think mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the the beauties of the the kind of you know the game theory nature of fighting games is at a certain place pr- certain point everyone is making a guess um mm-hmm. and while it's much more complicated than rps at a certain point you could call most choices in fighting games rps if one person is a little more educated on the situation yeah they could make the more optimal decision but that doesn't stop the other player for just making a wild decision that the other player never would have guessed
0: um, Precisely. Yeah, I think
3: that's that is kind of yeah. one of the beauty of the uh the, the, the mind body heart scale for fighting games or you know some person's gonna make a choice because this some person's gonna make choices of this at the end of the day who's right who's wrong I don't know who got blown up <laughs> you know what I mean I did
1: um, I got blown up sometimes yeah.
3: it is that it is that beautiful uh, roll of the dice um, in, in kind of how to recover from that um, and yeah I, I as someone who loves the theory of things too I, I I love the way you analytically try to break down a game. Um, like, you know, I feel like you're almost taking it to the, the developer level of trying to understand, you know, the mechanics of, of the, the game building and the hurt boxes and the hitboxes. Um, and, you know, it, that's well past the frame data at this point because you're talking about, like, the, the, the hitbox shape. Um, uh, But then again, there are other players. It's just like, yeah, like, they don't want to go that deep. They're just like, listen, I know I'm unsafe past this point. I'm just not going to take the attempt. You know what I mean? I'm not even going to make the try. Like, yeah, maybe I could score some points. But, you know, they, they min-max the decision to you know not want to take that chance. Uh, but then again, every now and then, you know, they'll have that player that's just YOLO will take that chance and blow them up. So you, you never know. And I, I think that's, that's kind of one of the beautiful aspects of the game that we, I think everyone who comes to fighting games and sticks around, and appreciates them, just loves that at the end of the day, like, People just throwing spaghetti at a wall and trying to turn it into gold.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the, the end goal is fun, right? We, we don't want to lose sight of that. It's a video game. We're having fun. I started fighting games late teenager, you know, early 20s, and I, I was a shithead. I was an asshole. I mellowed out. OK, knowledge is a trap. It can be very easy to fall into this idea. I know more. I should win more or I know more. I should be able to make better decisions. That's trap and it's a lie. What you know is irrelevant it's about what you do with it um and so it and this is sort of tangentially related with why i've been traveling so much it's i don't just want to be the fighting game scientist you know, guy you know i want to play the game i want to meet people i want to enjoy myself i want to you know enjoy the whole thing the, the the full course meal that is fighting games there there were definitely periods of my life where i would just stay in training mode and learn things and type up a quick guide and be like, ha I've contributed. Uh, but it's like, you you can do that in a way that is better for your mental health, better for fighting depression, that is better for just uh, enjoying a fighting game as much more than just a game. And that is really the thing that I'm much more focused on now. Of course, like with Street Fighter 6 coming, I want extremely accurate, very useful, very relevant information but I'm going to try as much as possible to just be like, okay, now that you know this, what, what's your guess, kid? <laughs> you know, I'm gonna overhead you five times in a row. I'm just gonna do that. Like, I'm much more comfortable making decisions like that, especially now that I've played Virtua Fighter, more on that later. But like, the games are about the decisions. The knowledge doesn't mean anything. It, it, it doesn't mean as much as you might think it does. And so it's it's a trap I see all the time of, of, you know, there will be a discussion about a particular technical detail for a particular game and people will demonstrate their knowledge. Well, you could do this and you could do this. And based on these, you should do that. And I can't believe he did that. And it's like, well, do that situation a 100 times and then talk about it again, because the map doesn't matter for the first three or five guesses. Those are effectively random. You need to even it out and start basing your decisions on their personality and by how frequently they make that decision, how frequently can you make that situation occur and so on. You know, the fact that you could get an 80% life bar if you guess this one thing and you should go for it might not actually ever matter if your opponent doesn't play in a way that allows that to happen or lets you make that decision. So, knowledge can just lead you running in circles and just go nowhere. Yeah,
0: um, yeah
3: I, I, think, I think it's I, like kind of uh, just a at least in my mind, summarize what you're saying, I think a lot of people can lose themselves in trying to make the optimal choice, where yeah. the optimal choice wasn't the point, it was the choice. And then how you react to what the outcomes of that choice are, I think determines more of your skill as a fighting game player than you trying to make the right choice. Because at a certain right. point, you're not going to make the right choice. And if you can handle that well, I think that's the first step into to becoming a better player. You know
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, I also want to point out that uh, I I feel like what you had just expressed was, you know, living life. Like it was basically a philosophy in a way. It was deep. It It was very deep. deep. So, uh, and and so the what I got from it was it was learning fighting games, but learning fighting games uh, as a vehicle to experience life is is basically what you're getting at. And I, I, I see it quite quite a bit, and so that's sort of like yeah, you're getting better at fighting games, but yeah, you're also meeting new people, you're experiencing new things, you're 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 living. It's um you know you're not just in I'm not in here on my CRT just in a lab for you know eight hours whatever it may be, but I think I think that's really a great way to why people get into certain niches and get into like. Jujutsu, like Jujutsu is like another thing I can kind of think of that's similar, right? Uh, just as like a few passing ideas, right? Here, here's something like practicing. Some people don't give a... Some people would rather cut off their left arm than go into training mode and practice for an hour or two, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I kind of... it. it that was a, something that kind of came to mind as well. Um, Whereas not everybody is as passionate as, you know, other people are. And, oh boy. So there's so much that I was thinking about while you were speaking. And it'll all Mm -hmm. kind of come to a head like probably later on. But basically, I I think it's really interesting that you sort of expressed how much of a philosophy fighting games are uh, and how many other people use a similar philosophy in different disciplines. Um, Mm -hmm. But... Moving on, Great I kind of want I wanted to. Yeah, yeah it was excellent. Um, so as a fighting, it was, it was game, very, and it was very
3: like mindfulness, you know what I mean? Like the most important thing is to be present. And I think yeah. that's what he was, he, was, he was
0: trying to get to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as a fighting game teacher, you know, I know you kind of you play with a lot of varying skill levels of people. What do you think some of the biggest barriers for getting newer players into fighting games? As someone from a technical aspect, that's a huge question. But I I know everyone seems seemingly has a different answer to this, and it's so. This is this is for this one is specifically for you because you know um, some people say well it's a you know it's an availability issue. I I personally don't think it is. I think, um, you know, maybe it's a genre issue. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I honestly believe I don't think fighting games are for everybody. I think it's just sort of like a personality type, you know, kind of idea. But I, I'm curious
2: to see what you'd say. So, I, I'll I'll talk only for a little bit because this could go forever. Yeah. But but the long and short of it is that it's a multifaceted problem. And any one small problem might be the thing that makes someone decide that fighting games aren't for them. On the larger end, on on like, in terms of like, in in the bigger view, uh, you were talking about jujitsu and it as an avenue for improvement and experience in life. Yeah. Think about why, if you have children, you enroll them into youth sports. Because you hope that they will learn the value of practice, you hope that they will learn camaraderie, you know, you hope that they en- enjoy, you know, the the the, the taste of victory and, and, you know, the experience of bitter defeat, you know, you're, you're hoping that it will build character and that, you know, that they can get something out of it, right? Or maybe they just like baseball, <laughs> um, but sure. seriously, that's important. Like. Some people just like baseball and they don't really care about the details. Right. It is absolutely and completely fine for someone to get into a fighting game because it's like, hey, that chick is hot. I want to play as her. (laughs) And similarly, it's perfectly fine to say, you know what, you know, based on my experience in my you know, playing this game and that game. I believe that that game is much more of a system based game. And I might enjoy that one a little bit more. Here's my 40 American dollars. Yes, please. I'd like to play it online. Thank you, please. Uh, Like there's there's many different ways of getting into a fighting game like. But when it comes to helping new players get in, I think the biggest, most important thing is developers just need to make cooler, better games. Street Fighter 6 is already well on its way. I'm very excited for 6 because there's a lot of stuff that's just going to be working on day one as it should. On day one, working crossplay. On day one, a functional ranked mode that isn't made up of 50, 60 different ranks. It's just made of like five or six major ranks with many subdivisions. Um, and, you know, the very good players will separate themselves in a month or two, and then all the lower level players will be at the lower ranks and they will, you know, help each other from that perspective. We can talk about complicated inputs, but that's not really important. People will learn what they think is cool. We can talk about netcode, and that's important. Overall, the quality of netcode has greatly improved. We're sort of on the tail end of what I might call like the first rollback revolution, where almost everyone now has rollback in their games and understands that it should be in the games. So now, as the next games are coming, it should be better implemented rollback that works over greater distances with fewer desyncs and so on and so forth, right? They should be mastering and improving what is out there now and that will maybe lessen some of those complaints. We can talk about pad versus joystick. We can talk about my local, we can talk about your local community or your local community is small or large or infested with assholes, not infested with assholes. We can talk about. I live 10 minutes away from someone who I can chat with about the game, who understands the game, or I can click on someone in Discord and they, they don't mind me and they're willing to chat with me about it, and people who don't have access to that resource. Any one of these hurdles and many more could be the reason for someone to say, I'm not enjoying my time with fighting games. If I have anything constructive to add <laughs> to this discussion, mm-hmm. it's more along the lines of Everyone should find should find the game that they are that they have the most affinity with for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. Um, sometimes people will ask me, "I'm I want to get into fighting games. Which fighting games should I learn?" And I'm like, "All of them. Sample <laughs> them. You're at a buffet. It's not about picking the right or the wrong game. Try as many as you like because you might find out that you like boring." Ter- like you, you like really, really boring characters that wear a white karate gi and a black belt and just say boring, generic karate phrases. And it turns out you are now a Virtua Fighter Master because Akira's right there. His story is literally occupation, kung fu. <laughs> Likes, kung fu. Like, that's it. That's him. <laughs> um. <Yep. laughs> um. But you might like heavy metal music and so you feel an affinity for guilty gear. Yeah. You might like you might really, 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 really hate the New York Knicks, and so you get into Marvel vs. Capcom 2. You you might really, really, yeah. really enjoy um, You know, you might be you might be a man of culture and enjoy, you know, the look of a fine woman wearing yeah. a fine suit. And so you get into the character <laughs> king from King of Fighters and so on and so forth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: Oh, I thought you were gonna talk about uh, Viper, you know, because she's Red Mommy. But didn't talk
3: about like, uh,
0: was
1: it? You what what if I and... enjoy standing on one side of the arena while my opponent stands on the other side of the arena? We just throw fireballs at each other the whole time. I
3: play Deadshot,
1: just Justice too. Oh my no, God! So there yeah. Oh, where no, is NRS games?
2: I should have known.
1: <laughs>
2: now that that's a fair question. Like NRS meets your definition but you know, there's a Marvel game that meets that definition. There is a particular Street Fighter game that might meet that. That's why it's important. You got to sample at the buffet, try as much as possible, and you, you want to stumble on a game and be like, this is more fun than I thought. This is more fun than I thought. Wow, well, I actually enjoy experimenting in this game. I enjoy losing in this game. When you start enjoying things around the game other than just winning and doing well, that's a sign that it's a game that you can take further, that you can enjoy spending more time with. And that's, and I think that not everyone has found that. They'll say, well, the new Tekken's coming. I'll try that one. The new Street Fighter's coming. I'll try that. I'll try Dragon Ball Z. Ah, eh, it's like Marvel. I don't really like Marvel. Eh. And you know, the truth is for some people, that game that is perfect for them might not exist yet. But I also wanna stress not to ignore indie fighting games. Try Fantasy Strike. Try Murphite. <laughs> Try Skullgirls. Try Punch Planet. You know, and, you know, we, we can talk about how they have smaller scenes and it might be more difficult to find that stuff, but finding any fighting game that you have an affinity with will greatly expand your appreciation for the genre and will make it easier for you to appreciate other fighting games as well.
0: Or you could uh, be an anime player oh, who just plays everything. Hey, yeah, but 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 screw screw fantasy strike.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And, so, and the white and, and the, the guy the guy make that makes that soul.
3: The white aren't gonna appreciate themselves. I got to do the appreciation for them. And the only sure. way to do it is just by playing. Fatal cutie. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to piggyback on that, yeah, I think I don't I don't know what it is about gamer culture, uh, but I think with fighting games, it becomes even more apparent that people care way too much about their win-loss ratio and it's like that's not even the first step like you have to like if you want more wins you have to learn how to win like i think a, a better mindset would be like you get more out of a game by practicing mechanic that game and if you've gotten better at the mechanic over the course of that match then you, you, like don't worry about if you win your loss like worry about if you got better at the mechanic because that's gonna improve your overall gameplay that's going to contribute some more wins later on down the line, like I know I can't remember what great sports whatever said this, but it's just like, bro, like you just see the wins at the end of the day. I've lost more at this game than you're ever going to. <laughs> but yeah, I, I kept going, I learned from it.
2: I believe it's the Bruce Lee quote, like, I do not fear the man that's practiced 10,000 kicks, I fear the man that's practiced one kick 10,000 times. Exactly. <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm probably misquoting it but no that's, you know, no, that's, that's right.
3: i think that's pretty 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 yeah, fine it right.
1: gives you just 90 percent losing in general you just lose you learn a little bit you lose you learn a little bit and then eventually you win one you're like hell yeah i got it
4: yeah
3: um, it's it like the, the losses contribute to the wins like try like, yeah, learn, exactly. like if you can learn something from every game that's a bigger win than just you know, flipping a coin and winning and like, oh, I don't know why I won, but I won. You're, you're just still your
1: little XP bar. And then when it gets yeah. full, you win a match.
2: But was the loss fun? Because you got to stand on the opposite side of the screen and throw fireballs. Also
1: important.
3: If
2: the losses are fun, you're going to proceed. And this is a this mindset issue. Mindset is critical. Yeah. Uh, and there's really no way around that discussion where it's like, where does your mindset come from? Well, it comes from your life circumstances. It comes from your mental health. It can come from your physical health. There's, when we say that life experience is helpful for fighting games, it, it, it matters a lot. And that's probably one of the hurdles in terms of, you know, if you come to fighting games as a video gamer and you're used to um, just being able to demonstrate your skill and then the game provides you entertainment, fighting games don't really align with that. Um, it's, yeah. and they, they can, it's possible, but you have to be good for it to, to get there. And of course there will always be people better that can just defeat you on any day. And sometimes you can have a bad day, like the wins and the losses are nowhere, are they're, they're not actually even almost relevant to your experience of the fighting game. What's more, what's more important is the content of every match. And it's like, was it fun? Was it dynamic? Was it engaging? Was there a cool video effect? Did you hear a new song that you haven't heard before? Like in KOF, the music will change if the rival comes up. You know, I'm I'm Kyo and I beat your first two characters. Then Iori comes up and then the theme changes and you're like, oh shit, I didn't know this song was in the game. And you enjoyed that match even though Iori came back and reversed OCV your team. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, you know, it's there's a lot of what. God, it, 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 it just sucks having to say that what happens on the screen doesn't matter. It matters a lot, but it, it it also, it really, really, really depends on how you choose to perceive it. Perceiving it as a loss is extremely, uh, it, it's ultimately shallow. Like You can even say it was a loss, but I lost for these reasons. I lost, but I had fun. I lost and I'm mad. I will go cool off and come back. There's lots of productive ways of using and perceiving loss.
0: Absolutely. I think that was... Um, I, p- I prefer to keep rage playing and stack <laughs> losses. I, I do, too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was... That was something that... Um, oh, my God, Jiyuna said, too, once, was essentially like, you lo- Okay, here's how I play. All right, he made it really simple. I, I lose, I don't get mad, I keep playing. I lose, I get mad, I stop playing. <laughs> You stop because once because sometimes if you lose and you get mad, you kind of stop learning. There's a certain point where your anger is more distracting than what's going on. Uh, I think that's that's really important. But also it's it's the angry punka mad now meter. Well, except he just gets for some reason, he gets better. He gets buffs um, for whatever reason. And in the shirt comes off the nipples, Max, they distract range, you. Range,
2: literally buffs. Did you see his like <laughs> muscles hold when he can. <laughs> when he can that shirt uh,
0: I think my favorite match with him ever is when the dude like one. I don't know if you remember this. And he took his shirt off against Punko and then and then Punko beat him. That. He came back, he took his shirt off and put it on his shoulder. <laughs> It's like you needed this more than me. (laughs) The greatest things ever. You put it on his shoulder. Oh man. Uh, uh, but yeah. Also to add to that, I think a a portion of fighting game players that are heavily neglected are the people that play the single player games, right? Uh, They're not necessarily looking at it from a lot of our perspectives either, where it's sort of like. You know, they're just here to, you know, see some cool stuff and play Blade of Roar. They don't really like playing against people because that's not fun to them. Uh, so they kind of I feel like they're playing a different game, you know, literally and figuratively.
2: No way they are. Their experience isn't as affected by, you know, the community. And there have been a lot of really good single player fighting games, by the way. Um, the Dragon Ball Z Budokai series I keep thinking about. Um, Virtua Fighter 4 Evolution on PlayStation 2 is an excellent single player experience. Like the quest mode is set up in a way it's like, go to this arcade, beat their best guy. Now go to that arcade, beat their best guy. You've been challenged by this guy. And the tutorial teaches you the entire fucking game from top to bottom. Um,
0: it's been so long since I played Evolution, but that's when, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love Go in that game.
3: Yeah. After pushing Rollback, we
0: gotta start pushing the games The better tutorials trade. That, that
1: needs to, yeah get over. It. You can just like look at Eunice and be like, we're gonna copy that. That's a good tutorial. Strive has a pretty hard.
0: excellent tutorial as well.
1: It does. It does have a good very
0: good one, yes. Um so okay, so if you were for you in particular, as someone who's championed a lot of fighting games, what is it that specifically attracts you to fighters? And can you narrow a gra- uh, narrow down the ingredients that makes a fighting game worth playing to you? Because first of all, I could say worth playing, and that could mean a lot of different things, of course. But it, if you could Loaded. be, you know, sort of like specific, what what is it about Virtua Fighter or even KOF that is like, yes, this is the game for me. This is why I got to play both these games.
2: Sure. So you know, I started my actual competitive journey like with uh, Street Fighter 4. I know I said I started with Melee, but Melee was just sort of super casuals. I'm like, ooh, I get to play this guy with a sword. Roy is better than Marth. Roy is better than Marth. (laughs) (laughs) He's terrible, oh my God. Controversial take, (laughs) for sure.
3: Hey, his sword is in like it's a one hit kill if you charge it all the way. You just gotta wait. If you hold B
2: all the way, <laughs> it's a one hit kill.
1: You're yeah, so yeah but pain. it's also it's also this long, and Mars is like this long. I mean, it, come it explodes. On. <laughs> it's got
3: the. You gotta explodes, tell your opponent, yo, listen, yeah, stand yeah. right there. Just wait. I got you. Something's coming. I got you. Let's just stand right there. Wait. You
0: think you're good? Wait till you I charge. L cancel speed. into B hold.
2: Sup? Oh man, and but like. My actual competitive, like I enjoyed Melee, but I quickly recognized that the game wasn't fun when I started to try and play it really well against players that were really good. Street Fighter IV, I learned a lot. I started to play it against people that were good and it stayed fun. This is related to that previous discussion, by the way. It's, you know, sometimes you can be okay at fighting games and enjoy fighting games, and then you start to really delve into them and then they become less fun, either because of work necessary or training necessary or particular people that you play against over and over again particularly online or particular play styles you come across like Street fighter 4 stayed fun for a few years um for me you know maining able experimenting with other characters that was around that time i started twitch streaming and interacting with the community um you know 4 was fun for me in particular going to tournaments and landing that ultra and i'm like
4: yeah yeah. Well, let's go, <laughs> you
2: know, um, but after Street Fighter 4, um, I want, to, so Street Fighter 4, around the, before Ultra came out, I'm like, I'm not enjoying this game as much anymore, and part of that, I'll be honest, was because I wasn't winning as much anymore, but I wanted to branch out, and I'm like, there's, there's other fighting games, I was, I think I was playing Tekken 6 a little bit at the time, it was around that time that KOF, um, the one after 11, but before 13, that we don't talk about, um, Uh, that particular KOF was coming out and I'm like, oh, KOF, what's that? I'll I'll give it a try. But that particular game was a travesty, a trash fire, the worst netcode in the history of console fighting games, and among other things. Um, So KOF 13 came after that and I'm like, okay, I want to try this game. And KOF gave me an appreciation for execution and for speed that I felt was not commonly shared in Street Fighter. Street Fighter as a game, Teaches you a lot of things that are possible, but then it tells you don't do most of it. I know you can forward dash, but you shouldn't because you might die. You can back dash, but unless you do it on wake up, it's pointless. If you're in the poke range and you back dash, you're just taking risk. You're allowing people to do things. You're allowing people to throw fireballs. So don't forward dash. Don't back dash. Just walk. Yes, you could jump, but if you're wrong, you die. So don't do that either. Okay? Your goal is to waddle back and forth, slightly adjusting your range by a few pixels until they make a mistake that you can take advantage of or making the big bets on the dashes and the jumps or like on a raw special move. And different different characters are designed in different ways so that maybe they don't have to waddle as much, but not. And not all matchups are like that. It can greatly depend on characters. But what, uh, what Street Fighter tends to teach you is to play conservatively KOF was a game that showed me the opposite perspective. KF was a game that says, hey, if someone jumps at you, you don't have a move that wins by default. You might have it, but because hyper hops exist, you have to be really fast. You have to wield the skill to be able to use it in time. You can't just DP a jump. It's harder than that. You have to DP all of these jumps all the time. So people are going to jump at you, maybe You should anti-air with your jumping moves since jumping is less committal. There's two different kinds of jumps. Doing a full jump is a decent anti-air against the hop if you attack down or you can neutral hop or backwards hop. And we're not even talking about characters. That's just how the game works. (laughs) You can forward run and you can do anything out of a run you want at all, except block. What what, what game do you think (laughs) this is? Don't block, move around, do stuff, figure out what particular thing your opponent has trouble with and beat them because you have identified that and you have the skill to abuse that, rather than Street Fighter teaching you, here's your character, here are the buttons you should press and the buttons you shouldn't press, except in very specific situations and matchups. Here's the strength of the special moves you should use and you should never use the light version of it, always use the heavy of it. Here's the jump you should not use unless you also have a dive kick. You know know what I'm saying? Like there's all this, you learn this stuff so that you know when only when very specifically to do specific things. Otherwise, you need to play in that conservative way. And KOF says, if they can't handle you running at them, run at them. If they can't handle your hops, hop at them. If they can't handle you as Clark doing armor grab all day, take them to space. Like, just do it. Do whatever you need to do to win, rather than only do what is necessary to win.
0: Uh, Now, yeah. So so what I'm hearing is, uh, KOF does
2: everything Street Fighter does, but better. No. <laughs> so oh, I no, I, 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 want, that? I want to be very, very clear that we are still talking By about Lord. my take here. Sorry, yeah, I apologize. <laughs> I just what I hear. It.
3: This is a take he's <laughs> had before that we've had. It's easy,
2: to, based on the way that I explain it, like it's easy to sort of hear this and be like, how is KOF not like a bigger, better, more interesting game? And what I will say is Street Fighter is interesting because matchups are presented as challenges. Zangief versus Dalsim is a challenge. The thrill of victory you get as a Zangief overcoming that challenge is sublime. It's amazing. It's what makes the bad matchup engaging and worth Trying. Now, if you go to a tournament and it's only two out of three, or if it's SBO and it's best of one, you want to pick a character that doesn't give you a weakness. And even in every fighting game, including KOF, you want to pick strong characters if your goal is to win, particularly money and prizes, you know, and you don't have a bunch of games to work with. But counterpicking rules are designed around this idea that, well, you can't switch your character, you have to demonstrate mastery if your opponent is willing to switch to a different skill set. And so Street Fighter is designed around these characters have obvious strengths and obvious weaknesses, and you have to cover those weaknesses. That is why Street Fighter is interesting. Whereas KOF is designed around most characters can do a lot of the same stuff. Are you better at your opponent at the general game or would you like to try being better at them at the more specialized game? Maxima is very slow, but he has lots of armor moves. He can play the basic KOF game, but because he is slower, he's a little easier to anti-air. He's a little easier to like poke from far away. He's a little easier to throw fireballs at. So his, some of his general KOF stuff is weaker, but he can anti-air just by pressing heavy punch at the right time because in kof when you armor something you don't lose any health it doesn't cost health to use armor Mm -hmm. you can armor cancel into supers in kof 13 and in some other games Um, his jumping normals although his jumps are slow are extremely massive and can be used better for defensive applications than offensive applications there's elements in kof that resemble the street fighter sort of specific matchup thing that are optional to your experience that you may enjoy more. But KOF tends to be more about who is generally better at running, poking, jumping, getting an ambiguous cross up. Um, it's it's sort of like Tekken in that regard. There's uh, so many characters in Tekken, right? But if you whiff and your opponent launches you, regardless of character, they won that interaction, right? But there there's no in Street Fighter, it's like If I'm Zangief and you're Ryu, I have to play it this way. If I'm Zangief and you're Dhalsim, I have to play it that way. So Street Fighter is interesting and fun because of the challenges it presents to you for towards the mastery of your character. KOF is interesting and fun because your general skill is constantly tested at all times and you have the option of introducing specialized skills based on the matchup or some sort of specialized knowledge if you think that that would help you in the moment, but the general skill is more important. And the game speed also speaks to that. Like you can just, you can act in real time more often because there's way more movement options that are safe or can be made more safe. Whereas in Street Fighter, it's like, if you don't want to walk, almost everything other than walking represents fairly significant risk, especially with like enough meter on the screen. So KOF is like, do more stuff. You can find out more about what your opponent can do and can't do. Maybe you'll find that they are weak against certain characters or they hate taking grabs or that they mash at certain times. And that to me, to my taste was more interesting, more engaging and represented to me an evolution of what I had learned from Street Fighter. And it's like, okay, now I have to press buttons faster. I have to make decisions faster, sometimes I need to be ahead of my opponent by a couple of steps to even get a mix-up to work, because if I don't jump at this time, I'm not going to get this block top CD, and then I can't get the running low mix-up. Um, uh, there's so KOF. Fit, it, 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 it was it was new. It was an interesting new world to me, and and so I loved it. I Loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, and then KOF 14 happened, and it isn't as technically interesting as 13 in my view, but that's fine. Um, KOF 15 is a lot more fair, it's a lot more standardized. Damage isn't as crazy across the cast. EX moves are very, very good, but they're a little cheaper than they were in 13. Um, like, uh, we can talk about KOF 15 and say, oh, it's Cronin and Jenny and whatever, and has the best in the world. But overall, it's a pretty well-balanced game. And even the characters that are kind of weird and don't seem good, like uh like how Maru, like uh, Antonov, like, um, Maxima, again, they have their uses. They're still fun to play. They still represent those interesting challenges if you want to incorporate them. So KOF 15 is a very well-made game. Um, but throughout the years I had played some Tekken and I like Tekken, but I don't love it. And the reason I don't love it is because I was learning Tekken at around the same time as KOF and I saw elements of KOF in it where it's like, oh, I have a large move list. I can see which of my strings my opponents knows and doesn't know. I can steal turns. If they know the third hit is unsafe, then I'll just do two hits, stop and start again. Um, There's lots lots of play space in Tekken that is possible, but also you can just block everything. Um, Blocking is safe. It's what you can do all the time. You can move and block at the same time, like assuming your execution is good. And so Tekken is teaching you block a lot, because you'll either get frame advantage, or you get a block punish, or you get to move while blocking. So while doing all this, you can also make them whiff, and then you can get 30, 40, 50%, or 80% if you're Geezer or Kuma and there's a wall, or 100% if there's two walls. <laughs> <laughs> and so on. So, um, Tekken was enjoyable after what I had learned about KOF. But there were also elements of it that reminded me of Street Fighter or it's like, yeah, you could do that, but maybe you should just do less and that would be smarter. And what I recognized after learning KOF and around the time I was learning Tekken alongside KOF is it's like, I like it when the game tells me to do more. I don't like it when the game tells me to do nothing because that's smarter, you know, like there's always the element of hedging your bets. If you play Texas Hold'em, you don't always have to bet. You don't always have to call. You can just check. (laughs) You can just see what the vibe around the table is. You don't always have to go in every hand. But there are times when you should and there are times when you shouldn't. But even in poker, there's like, it evens out. But I feel like a a lot of the time in Tekken and in many matchups in Street Fighter, 80, 90% of the time you should do very little and only do what you should do at those precise moments and protect your life as much as possible otherwise. And I recognize that that element of fighting games wasn't to my taste. I don't wanna hedge my bets. I don't necessarily wanna be making big, big bets and big calls all the time either, but I want the game to tell me that sometimes I should do that. And I also want the game to tell me that when I do do that, it absolutely will pay off. If I have the meter or if I have the conversion, that some characters are better at it, that some characters are worse at it. Make it an element of the design that sometimes you should be stupid.
0: (laughs) You make it- You like the RNG, like the the sort of, I don't wanna say RNG, but like you like the sort of the the intense interactions. Yeah, you wanna press buttons. You wanna like, he he likes the buttons.
2: It's primarily about interaction. If fighting games are about choices, how can we make those choices as interesting and multifaceted as possible? Enter Virtua Fighter. (laughs) Here we go.
3: Definitely, yeah. So would you also say there's a relationship between tag fighters, like fighters where you have more than one character and it's not just your only life, giving you a little bit more freedom to be like, oh man, I'm going to do something crazy and if it doesn't work, you know, I have another character.
2: Um, it depends on the game and how free flowing its mechanics are. Like the way Marvel versus Capcom infinite works, where just at sort of any point it could be the other character is crazy and nuts and increases interaction and it increases the decision space and it makes it harder for you to predict your opponent. So I like that. But then the, but if you think about, um, like for example, Marvel two, when you call an assist, it's just sort of an extra special move that you have. So you're fighting cable and, this one special move from Psylocke. You're fighting Cable and this one special move from, you know, Sentinel. So it, it will depend more on the individual mechanics of the game, but in general, the wider the decision space for me, the more interesting. Now it can get too wide, it can get completely nuts, but that's where Virtua Fighter, that's, Virtua Fighter taught me my limits on that, and it turns out I have a very extreme high limit compared to other people, but Virtua Fighter taught me that you can make a game that is about two players playing each other. And you don't have to make a game around who is better at their character or who is better at micro-interactions. You can just make a game that is all about who just gets the read. And that that game can still be extremely engaging, extremely rewarding, even if it feels a little bit like just gambling, it's still extremely difficult to be consistent at it and that strive to be consistent at a game that is inherently inconsistent is appealing to me. And that's also partially, probably the appeal of many tag fighters. It's like, you can't control everything that they do. You can't necessarily kill the assist every time it happens, but when it does happen, it's so awesome when it does happen. So I don't want to delve too deep into the mechanics of Virtua Fighter, uh, but And if you are interested, check out my stream, tweet at me sometimes, I'll be happy to explain it. But Virtue Fighter is designed in a way where every character has all the basic tools and movement and defense. Just basic defense allows you to layer your defense in a way where you can always cover two and sometimes three options at a time. If I know that I'm minus four, then I know that I can block a mid and duck a throw and evade an attack after the timing of that mid throw window with one single sequence of inputs. But I'm making that decision to do that precisely because I'm minus four and precisely because I think you will do one of those things. But if you do something else, it's going to create a different situation that I have to react to, and it's going to get scrambly. So Virtua Fighter is about can you create scrambles? Because there's a lot of very good, very strong defensive options that you have so how do you get, how can you weaken your opponent's defense? You can't switch characters. Everyone's defense is functionally on that basic level equal. And then some characters have additional options, parries, sabakis, counters, things like that. Um, some characters have like additional movement options. Like a, when your when you're back is towards your opponent in VF, just the same as Tekken, it's terrible. Uh, but some characters actually have a back turned counter. It only works on mids. <laughs> but this character, while back turned, can still discourage a mid, assuming they're not like minus 20 while back turned or whatever. Or you can't sidestep while you're back turned. But the, the character, Shun D, the drunken master, can sort of crumple down and roll away, and he can escape highs and certain mids while back turned. And so there's lots of specific things like that that can matter, but they all add spice to generic, general interactions and situations that happen every round all the time so you're constantly being put in these repeated situations over and over and over you're minus four you're plus three you're minus six you're plus nine you're plus six on side you're minus two on side you got your half circular you have plus nine side you now know that they cannot evade dash cancel the delayed jump kick but will they go for this will they go for that whether anywhere you are in the minus nine to plus nine range there's always two or more choices that you could make that will win being minus in virtue fighter, it's it's uh it doesn't it doesn't mean that you need to block. You can block or you can evade, or if you have a punch counter or sabaki, those tend to start up in a frame or two, so you can do those. If they're gonna attack with a high, you can still duck it. If they're gonna attack with a low, you can still jump it. If they're gonna attack with a mid, you could block it as one way of getting your turn back, but again, you could also evade it and do other things. So you're always represented at all times with two or three or more things you could do. This, this fast, make a decision, make a decision, make a decision, make a decision. And that,
4: <laughs>
2: that is just RPS, 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 round two, RPS, 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 round three, but every decision within that RPS requires different amounts of forethought, execution, and awareness.
3: And observing your opponent, it probably becomes a bigger and bigger aspect yes. of that, because if you have at least some way above 50% to have an idea of what you think they'll do, it's gonna pay off in you making the more optimal decision.
2: Yeah, like I wanna, I wanna compare it to the way fighting games tend to feel these days. Look at, a game like Street Fighter Five or Guilty Gear Strive. Shout out to the Ives. <laughs> um, think about how a round starts in those games. Round one, fight. Do I want to do something? Maybe, maybe not. Okay, but let's let's say we both don't. Okay, we are in neutral. What should we fight with? There's this lull, this pause, the 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 silence before the clash. In Dragon Ball Z, this is when the wind would blow and the pebble would roll by.
3: Tumbleweed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right? And it's just like, okay, we are going to fight. It's like five episodes. Even though it says round one fight, we might not have started fighting yet. Someone will then jump, and the other person will anti-air, and the fight has begun in earnest. One of us has made a decision to try and engage, or we both engage at the same time. And then there's a scramble that happens after that. If we trade in the air, do will one of us decide to then come back in immediately? Or will one of us decide to try and wait and counter that? Or will we both wait? Many fighting what, games- What
3: is a ha- scramble? I've always wanted to, like I've never heard the exact definition of a scramble.
2: Like, um, it's a vague term. It, it, people will define it differently. But when I say scramble, what I'm talking about is when you and your opponent interact and you get a situation that is not necessarily clearly defined, Mm -hmm. and you have to decide if you want to act immediately as a response to that situation. Like, I'm sure it's happened that you've traded with your opponent where you hit each other, and then you attack right away. That's a scramble. It is technically a practicable, reproducible situation, and you can know if after this trade I press cross and medium kick and they press jab, what happens? What if I press cross, medium kick, and they press cross-medium kick? It's a scramble along the lines of you are presented with the opportunity to make a choice, but it's not necessarily in your favor. Will you still make a choice anyway? Or will you decide not to choose? Which is another choice, right? Um It's like a
3: non-optimal, like fighting from your back foot, do I just wait and block or do I do something
2: crazy? It's like if someone taps the back of your shoulder, do you turn around with your elbow or do you slowly turn? (laughs) That's that's sort of what I mean by a scramble. Um, But like uh, a lot of fighting games are designed around there being break periods between your interactions. If in Tekken, you can back away. You're not interacting until one of you chooses to. In Street Fighter V, one of you could dash in and go for jab or throw, but you could also not. Um, And if you're fighting Dulcim, the Dulcim has a very big interaction range. He can interact with you from far away, but you can counter poke him from far away. But the question is, will Dulcim press a button or will he not? When will you start interacting? When will you make a decision to dash at that Dulcim or attempt to counter poke that Dulcim? Or are you waiting for that interaction? In Virtua Fighter, that exists, but it is optional. (laughs) Virtua Fighter says, round one, start. The round start range is very specific because every character can hit each other at the round start range. If you try and get out of that range, you have to backdash, which has a counter hit state on it, a terrible counter hit state on it and characters can get like 40, 50%. But you can layer it, you can backdash into an evade, but by evading, you are necessarily sidestepping and every character has moves that track to my chest or to my back or both directions. The way moves that track work in Virtua Fighter, they counter hit if they step that way. It's a digital interaction. If you saw their step, you get counter hit and that normally needs to a natural combo knockdown or like a side turn situation and side advantage is better than front advantage. So it doesn't matter how you start a round. There is a decision I can make with my character that will beat that round start and can lead into a knockdown into Oki into a 50% guess. Or I can just get the 50% guess right at round start if I know exactly how you're gonna start the round. Does that make sense? It is impossible to do that in a lot of modern fighting games. Or should I say, I can anticipate that you will start a round in Tekken by backdashing. But there's only so much I can do to actually discourage you from that decision. I can go for round start low a lot, but low parry exists and the reward is not in my favor. The thing about reward and risk, and how you choose what things are worth doing, is that in Virtua Fighter, there's always a point where something is worth doing especially at round start because round starts tend to be, it's like, uh, round start tends to be the situation of Virtue Fighter where it's like, mm, I might not want to take too much risk, but if they always do back dash and then step towards your back, you can do forward dash, half circular, and you might've just won the round. Rounds are very fast. You don't have much life. You can end a round in like two wall combos or one, com- one combo or just one hit near the, ring- the edge of a ring. So Virtue Fighter is presenting the opportunity for you to make big bets frequently if you are willing to make very specific reads on what your opponent likes to defend with and how they like to move. And if you're not willing to make that, there are lower risk, lower reward strategies you can go for, but it always exists that your opponent could make a high level specific read on your low, relatively low risk choices that can lead still into a big reward for them. So the game is literally telling you if you play too safe, That's bad. (laughs) Being safe is not a virtue in and of itself. Being safe opens you up in multiple ways. And loosely speaking, this can be true in many fighting games. If you play too safe in Street Fighter, you might let a dash get past you. You might miss an anti-air or you might take a lot of chip, but the game does not say, oh, you're playing too safe, you should stop. Guilty Gear, uh, classic Guilty Gear had a mechanic called Negative Penalty, where if you kept walking away from your opponent, it would just empty your meter. But you can play it in a way where you stay away, but you're still interacting with them and you avoid that negative penalty. So you can still create lulls and you can still play in a patient way. But Virtua Fighter just makes it, there's no meters in Virtua Fighter. There's your life, timer, and rounds. That's it. Uh, The character Shundi has a unique drink mechanic where he unlocks more of his move list. But outside of that one edge case, There's no meters. You just have your move list and you can do the whole thing at any time, whenever you want, whenever it's appropriate. So what will you choose? It's up to you. Immediately Virtue Fighter becomes about your play style and how you want to play it. Once you understand the mechanics, it's like jab leads to this situation. The counters for that situation are these. My counters for the situation are those. Will I pick from here or will I stay basic? Or will I let the moment pass and create a scramble? Chaos situation. Will I test my opponent's ability to react to a non-situation? A non-situation doesn't matter in a 2D fighting game because all, all, there's tons of non-situations in 2D fighting games. You can just decide not to fight for a little bit. You can decide not to interact. But in VF, every moment of every round all the time represents the possibility for an explosion. And you cannot afford to not take the risk sometimes, and you cannot afford to ignore it. It has completely changed my perspective of what is fun about fighting games, to put it frankly.
0: <laughs> and, and you know, it's it it when I hear you talk about it and how passionate about you are about Virtua Fighter, it makes it so disappointing how Virtual Fighter has been doing, you know, business wise, though, I, strangely enough, I hear things like, well, Virtual Fighter did gangbusters on downloads on the PS4 for free. But it's like, well, why why can't we at least get a Virtual Fighter six? And it's like and then that that answer is kind of ambiguous to whether we're going to get that or not. Uh, a lot of people right. say we're not, yeah. you know. Um, uh, and it's kind of more of opinions that I'm getting, is like, no, nah, we're not gonna get one. What do you think? you think we're gonna get a Virtua Fighter six? VI?
2: I mean, here's how I would perceive that. Mm-hmm. We're currently in a media climate where nostalgia is at an all-time high. Yep. People would rather rehash old things and make them a little better than make completely new things. This is true for everything, from TV shows to movies to, to video games and everything else, right? So. When I talk with passion about Virtua Fighter and its mechanics, and its systems, and what it's done for me as a player, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about it as if it were like a classic black and white movie that's still a four-star excellent movie today. I'm talking about something that is old, but still good. (laughs) Um, And so we can say, yeah, it got downloaded 10 million times, but it was free. People didn't have to pay for that. It was free if you had PS Plus for a few months, right? What we can say is merely that people know that Virtue Fighter exists. People know who Akira is. People more or less know who Jackie is and Pi and Lau a little bit. And then it's like, who's Eileen? Wait, who's Leifei? (laughs) You know? As a brand, Virtue Fighter exists. People know about it. And people in the fighting game community are like, oh, it's that old thing that people used to play. It's that game that Ryan Hart was really good at in really, the, yeah. you know, years yeah. ago. But it's not really a present fixture. It's just an old thing that's still good. Yeah. The new release is literally a touched up old thing that's still good. It's just Final Showdown with a fresh coat of paint and really good new music, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And old music. Virtue Fighter, it, it's it's just sort of there. It's, it, it's, it's not a new thing. We merely know that it exists. So are we in a position to hope for a new Virtua Fighter? Only kinda sorta. We have some interviews with the producer, um, Aoki, uh, who has very, very obviously been trying not to say things, very obviously trying to not answer questions. We got Harada, hey, I made you some takoyaki. It's in the shape of a number six. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, Uh, and he's like oh it looks delicious let me eat that and drink my beer and not talk about it (laughs) you know like i i understand if i were a dev i would understand you don't want to get people's hopes up Mm -hmm. and say that you're making something that you're not but you also don't want to kill the possibility of a thing happening if you're not making it you can't be like i know we're not making Virtua fighter 6 and you should and you should bring your hopes down you can't say that you don't want to do that to people but if you're making it you can't say that you are making it so it's it's just that Sega has just been a tiny bit more willing to tweet about Virtua Fighter the producer himself has tweeted about meeting uh, you know the overseas players at EVO Japan. And in fact, the the interaction between like American and Japanese VF players was amazing. We have been talking a lot since the release of Ultimate Showdown. Some people have been learning Japanese. I've been trying to like learn a little bit. And it's like, I want to go over there and play, but they are genuinely excited to be able to play with us regardless of the skill gap, because there's a definite one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's just about love and appreciation for the game, for us, for the Virtua Fighter community, as it currently exists. Part of which still existed way back then. (laughs) And, you know, I'm one of the newer people. I learned the game just under three years ago. That's when I started. So should we have hope for VF6? A little, but just as much as we should have hope for Super Mario RPG 2, just as much as we should have hope for God Hand 2. Oh god, that, <laughs> those, no, those, are, that okay. those are all soul shattering. What are you bro, doing? Like, like, I'm god just
1: saying there are Some old things I've
3: completely accepted argument. There's no way in hell we're ever going to
1: God <laughs> Hand Mario
2: 2. Ne- Mario RPG 2 Mario RPG 2 right never. here, never right Mario RPG 2. All I'm saying there are old things that are good, that are still good, that we still love, that there are still fans of. Should those fans have hope for the future? They should. We shouldn't get our hopes too high, but Virtua Fighter is in a better position than Mario RPG 2, does that make sense? Like it's a little bit more inside the realm of possibility now that Sega has been interacting with its own brand in that way. And I personally think we will see a Virtua Fighter 6 within the next two to four years. I would like it to be within the next year or so, like just a teaser of a number six or something. We were all hoping it would be at EVO Japan, but I, I think that Sega is reaching a point. They keep rehashing Persona and Sonic and all this other stuff. They know that they should leverage their IPs and they know that VF is one of those IPs. They just weren't sure if they should. Now they know that the brand has recognition. So now they're thinking about it. And that's about as far as we know.
0: <laughs> I think I think now with, you know, Tekken eight coming out, maybe they can kind of piggyback off that a little bit, you know, at least getting the momentum going in terms of like 3D fighters. Um, I know that might be a little th- bit of a stretch, but
3: I think it's also that classic uh, problem. Uh, sorry,
0: Quentin, you have a. Sorry,
1: no, sorry. I, I was just going to drop a little thing. Like you know, I mean, you know, Harada's going to be like talking mad shit. Like, yeah, no, you're I got 8 like, going. Huh? I
0: honestly, how's <laughs> VF6, love huh? <laughs> that Harada's coming at things with, you know, like <laughs> he's just he's. I feel like he just stopped giving a fuck at this. Point. Well, not that he oh, has, it, hard. but I sorry. mean, he's just stopped giving a fuck, and but he's also. Yeah. Like in a competitive mindset as well, and yeah. I think I think that's what fighting games need. We yeah. we really needed
1: like a developer like him to just be like, hey, all this Yo, shit's happening. We're gonna it drop them more careful cool Suck it.
3: Yeah, it, it <laughs> is cool that develop the developer has. I mean, you're you're so used to these nameless, faces companies, and it's very cool to see a developer out there being a face, being a personality, um, interacting, uh, in the community, even if it's on his terms. I mean, it's it's just cool to see. I think like. Coming from the the pre or the earlier mid two thousands, uh, you know, uh, memory of game development, the, the companies would never talk to people. They would announce yeah. something like three to five years out and be like, "It's coming in three to five years, guys, just wait." Maybe. And it's like you've already burned <laughs> through all the the Love hope that. and the hype, and by the time the thing finally comes out, you don't even care anymore. Um, but now I think I, a lot of the companies are a lot more aware of what is a realistic expectation, not only to put on the audience. Uh, but in terms of community interaction. um, And it's all gotten better because of it. You know, most games that are coming out are announced within like two years or less of the release. And I think Mm. that's infinitely better now for uh, how gamers feel about games because no one wants to hear about a thing that's coming in five years. Like, it's like, I don't, it's way too far out.
4: And uh, plus, yeah, dogs
1: way. energy.
2: Yeah. Mario on. RPG two was a terrible example because there have been many Mar- Mario RPGs since Super Mario RPG. Now that I like think about it,
4: not the original. It. It's it's not the like like, saga.
2: What up? Yeah, we we, we don't have a sequel with Mallow and Geno and Tadpole Pond and Nimbus Land, but Ooh. we <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, but we but we do have lots of Mario RPGs. So you know that was fine. What's much more likely than like a VF six is honestly, Akira and Tekken eight. You know, or Ooh. or like that as well. Oh, good call. Uh, or I think, I honestly think the best fit for Tekken 8 would be Go Inogami. Um, Harada very specifically said, that was a really cool character design, and I'm pissed off I didn't think of it. <laughs> um, so, in the same way that he respects the design of Go, he also said the same thing to SNK about geese and look where that led.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: so cool. You know, literally. SNK read that interview where he called Geese cool and SNK (laughs) called him and said, let's talk. That's literally what happened. So, you know, maybe Harada is actually talking at Sega. Like they're clearly talking already. So, you know, Harada has his fingers in various things. And I'm excited for like the possibility of like some VF thing in Tekken 8, just as a little, a side note, you know, and and that will just continue to get people to talk about that stuff.
0: I mean, even the fact that he gave Virtua Fighter character costumes and stages is yes. sort of like a little bit of a nudging of like there might be something here guys you know and think about how many
2: lines of ink had to be printed and how much legal shit had Just, to happen yeah. to get copyright Namco Bandai into a Sega game that relationship is there and you know how the Japanese are with existing business relationships and like, the, and like their culture and how they always want to leverage what they have and what they know it's like those are the seeds they're planted mm-hmm. I think I think it's a, it's actually within the realm of possibility that we could get something VF-related in Tekken 8 now. Like, maybe I a VF, VF costume set, set in Tekken 8. Has you know? too. Um, um, I was watching virtual some of E-Virtual Fighter, and
1: expected. I Virtual Fighter, and they were using the Tekken costumes all over the place. So Those looked so good. The game actually looked really fun. I, mean, I might have to o- give it a shot.
0: The only time I've ever considered playing DOA is when they had Virtual Fighter characters in it. And I, I mean, not that DOA is a bad game, but I just don't care. I don't know what it is about the, the game. like, I'll go back and play DOA two or maybe three if I have people over. But um, for whatever reason, they just it just doesn't resonate with me. Um, uh, the gameplay uh, that is. Uh, but the I guess we should kind of. Rapid fire Ooh, a little yeah. through these uh, questions here. Um, I did. Yeah, I did sorry. have one more yeah.
3: one more uh, virtual fighter question though. Like, sure. We, we, if you could. Yeah. If you, which what, one? question. What question? It's Is that like, the
1: last question then? It's
3: final. Final fighter what's, what's your question, answer? Like, what <laughs> would you like? Okay, so, to give you an example. Um, I, I think. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of fighting game developers talk about like changing inputs uh, to make fighting games more accessible. Nah, throw that out. Inputs are decently accessible what i think really gets people into fighting games is like you know the same reason we pick characters that shit just looks cool uh the mm-hmm. day i saw tekken 7 had slowdowns i'm like i'm buying tekken 7 like immediately it was the same day uh what oh, well, one, yeah. like <laughs> hey i bought it the full price i supported the, dev- the devs the but um no uh i guess what i'm trying to say is that like um, you know, there's a big difference between watching a fighting game and not understanding it and looking boring, to watching a fighting game not understanding it. It's like, okay, it looks cool as hell. I must immediately play it. Uh, what do you think could be that for Virtual Fighter? What, what, what that it does have now? Do you think could get people in the door?
2: Um, Virtual Fighter, again, it's an old thing that is good when you really look at it. I would say presentation is one of the weakest aspects of the Virtual Fighter series. Um, Now, that was not always true. It was literally the first 3D fighting game. Every new Virtua Fighter was amazing. A technical breakthrough. VF2 was the first game to use (laughs) mocap. And it was like military technology at the time. VF3 blew everyone away with how awesome it looked and animated. Mm -hmm. Virtua Fighter 4 was like one of, I believe it was like one of the first major, it was the, the first arcade game to use like cards for save data. Like every Virtua Fighter is a graphical and a technical marvel until five, and then five was just like, it's its kind of like four, but it looks a little better and it plays a little different. And that's basically where the series stopped. There's five, five R, and then Final Showdown. But Virtue Fighter, in, in, in the current Virtue Fighter Ultimate Showdown, it looks nice, it sounds nice, but it doesn't have flashy, cool things like that a lot of the time. There are like some hit sparks, but they're relatively understated compared to games like Tekken. There's some good music. Um, but the music is highly customizable, it is what it is. There's some cool costumes and stuff, but that is probably the number one thing that they would change in a hypothetical Virtua Fighter. They could add some cool camera, ink. they don't necessarily have to add meters or supers or anything. They just need to make the presentation a little bit more dynamic. Because what is fun and interesting about VF is not only its mechanics, which is a big part of it, but it's also the fact that it represents sort of the realistic, it, it represents like a martial arts movie. What if it was this style versus that style? And, you know, how many different ways could that fight really go? Tekken is much more gamey, not to say that Virtua Fighter isn't gamey. It still has juggle combos and stuff, but you don't launch people quite as high unless you're Kage because he's a ninja. So they let him have that, (laughs) Um, you know, um, there's a ring out, which, you know, conceivably makes a little bit more sense. Um, There's the way throws are they're really good and they're effective and they're not easy to break and they hurt really, really bad. Taking a giant swing should be half your life. Taking a certain throw from Akira should be, you know, this much damage and so on. The presentation needs to be updated, I will say. Uh, It's probably the current weak point to Virtua Fighter.
0: Um, Are you okay uh, if I ask you two more questions?
4: Yeah, they'll the,
0: the, the, the be quick ones. Um, sure. If I were a new player, which of these fighting games could I get into for my first fighter? Street Fighter 6. KOF 13 with the rollback. Yeah, no, it's mm. not necessarily uh, new, but it's it's upcoming. And then Virtua Fighter 5, Ultimate Showdown, or Tekken 8.
2: Yeah, um, I mean... My real answer is you should try them all. But if you held a gun to my head and said, you have to pick one juice. Um... I... I regrettably will have to say Street Fighter 6. I say regrettably because I know deep down in my heart that Virtua Fighter will teach you more and KOF 13 will be the most beautiful game you've ever seen. (laughs) Um, But, like, Street Fighter 6 is in a prime position to be the fighting game, or the the new 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 generation. So I, I'm I'm am an O9er. Then there were like O12ers, and then there's like some O22ers and all and all the other fun stuff. The way that we would talk about new generations of people coming in, Street Fighter 6 is probably going. Uh, assuming it it performs as well as it looks and the way it's being presented, it's probably going to get rave reviews at all the major outlets. Um, it's probably going to go on discount within a couple of months of coming out. Capcom was going to make it easy to play the game. Street, uh, you might remember that they experimented with Street Fighter V with like free-to-play weekends. I feel like they're going to be very aggressive with that with Street Fighter VI. Get it right on PS Plus, make another free-to-play weekend on this, that, and the other. Get it on Game Pass. Get it in everyone's hands because Street Fighter VI is positioned to be a fun single-player experience for people that have all those gripes that we've been talking about. But for people like us who care about this crap, it also has awesome rollback netcode. I was in both betas. It's amazing. It shows you the ping and the rollback frames and the jitter in real time. <laughs> um, like it has working cross play on day one, has a bunch of interesting and cool characters. Like all the returning characters are redesigned and have lots of interesting changes to their move list. The drive system is genius. It's amazing. Um, Street Fighter Six has everything that a new fighting game player would want very critically it's going to function as a product <laughs> and also it looks amazing and it will have plenty of other beginners to play with like it, it, it gives you a chance to be creative with making your avatar and stuff it just has all that extra stuff really? that makes a 60 dollars game worth buying so creative virtue fighter 5 ultimate showdown doesn't but you should play it because it's better. <laughs> um, and, and you boring. should play KOF 13 because that's better in its own way. Like every game is better in its own way. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Uh, uh,
1: what and what I, about Tekken? Every game is better. And mm-hmm. to be
2: clear, I'm a huge fan of Street Fighter six, but I'm a, I'm a huge fan of lots of different fighting games at this point. Um, Tekken is, pro- like it, there, were, there are people who exist who think that Street Fighter VI doesn't look good and they will probably enjoy the way that Tekken 8 looks. I I don't think I've heard anyone who says, I hate the way both these games look. Okay, fine. (laughs) Uh, But Tekken is still a unique and fun and deep fighting game. And uh, you like, I'm, I'm actually very curious about where the story is gonna go. June is finally oh, yeah. back, Heihachi's finally dead. That's gonna be kind of interesting. Tekken 8, honestly, I feel like is sort of looking to be a little weak in terms of as a product and features when you compare it directly with 6. So I'm curious if, you know, we're gonna get more modes. They're gonna bring back Tekken Force, you know, or something. Hey. Um, something take- along those lines.
1: Give me some Tekken Force, I'm in. But
2: yeah, the, the, the actual real answer to that question is Street Fighter 6. Yeah. Asterisk. But play them all. <laughs> play them all. Yeah, but play them all because you have you want to try them and you, it might turn out you really, 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 really love playing as Ash and doing these two-minute long combos in KOF 13. The most beautiful sprite-based fighting game ever made.
0: <laughs> is, two things. Is 13 going to replace 15 for you when it comes out, you think? Maybe, maybe for a moment.
2: <clears throat> Probably for a moment. Um, 13 is important to me because it was the game that got me into the series in general. After 13, I played a bunch of old games and I've been playing the new ones. And we can say that the game is imbalanced. We can say that there's clearly a top tier or whatever, but that's not important. What's important to me is that the game is beautiful. I love the music. I love the characters and the cast. Um, I will run through the trial mode again and explain how all the combos work again. I just have a blast with it. Um, Because of KOF 13, I met Matador who lives in Vegas. And that's like, I, I really, really love all the times that I've gone out there to play with him, and we've exchanged information on the game. And KOF 13 put me in a position where I could even pretend to play KOF 14 and 15 competitively. You know, I don't think I'm really a top KOF player nowadays. I feel like I don't practice enough, or I'm not like putting enough. I'm not putting enough pressure on myself to practice and improve. So, you know, I got top eight at CEO, but I also know that on another day, if I didn't feel as well, or if I had a different bracket, I would not have gotten top eight at CEO. Um, so. When it comes to competitively KOF 15, I, like I'm pretty good at the game. I'm not sure if I'm pushing it. I'm not sure how hard I'm going to practice it. But I know that the uh, it, it's appealing to me to revisit KOF 13, to teach that game to people who will be interested, to see how good the rollback is, you know, if there will be maybe a tournament or two for it. Maybe I'll enter it. But um, I have a very deep appreciation for 13, so I'm definitely going to play it a lot when it gets re-released um, and, you know, I'm gonna, I'm going to try and alternate my time. I still want to play and teach 15 a bit as well, but you know, 13 is a very important uh, and nostalgic game for me, so I'm going to put aside time for it.
0: Uh, I suppose the other what? thing that that has been a huge theme throughout this entire episode that has become abundantly clear is how unique and interesting you suzuki is as a person i know this sounds strange (laughs) but when you explain virtua fighter and take it beyond that and everything he's created he has a very interesting way of looking at the world and even making video games i just i really wanted to say that especially with like how he takes fighting games and he makes it something completely different i think is is just video games, it's completely fascinating. So yeah, if, if you guys don't know who Lu- Yu Suzuki is, you should definitely look into him and and um, yeah, really fascinating guy. I suppose next would be for the record, in your opinion, uh, to uh, settle this, which fighting game do you think is the hardest to learn? And I, I already know the answer, but it's is it KOF 15? Is it Tekken 7 or Virtua Fighter
2: 5? Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not answer that question. (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's, ah, here's here's what I mean, here's what I mean though. This is very similar to the discussion about what keeps people out of fighting games. Mm -hmm. What is hard to a person will vary. Some people find it hard to practice in general Other people find it hard very specifically to do an electric. And other people find it hard to very specifically do Kazuya's 13-frame electric rather than the 14. Any one of those barriers might be the reason why they find Tekken particularly hard to learn, but they find Virtua Fighter simple. Mm -hmm. But the irony is Virtua Fighter will sometimes have you moving the joystick just as fast as doing an electric, and sometimes you'll be layering. Like, just to give an example, this is a basic defensive option select. Down, forward, down, forward, brief, neutral, up, neutral, forward, forward, guard. (laughs) Corner, corner, up, forward, forward, guard, right? And, And this is done in like half a second. Is that harder than an electric? For some people, yes. For some people on hitbox, definitely no. For other people on hitbox, definitely yes. I don't use my ring finger that much or my index finger. You know what I'm saying? Like... It, is Tekken hard to learn? Well, you have to block a lot. Well, that will make it hard for some and simpler for others. And I hate having to say like it gives such a, an answer that seems like it's a little bit ind- indecisive. But, you know, on the face of it, it's like, well, KOF is fast and it's hard to anti-air on the face of it. Well, Tekken has a thousand strings and you have to learn what's punishable and where the highs and the lows are. And that makes it tough. Uh, Virtua Fighter has an awkward timing and rhythm that you have to get used to, and there's a block button? How do block buttons work? You you only have punch and kick? How do you make a fighting game out of just punch and kick? Try it, you'll see. Um, You know, um, but it's like, what makes a fighting game hard is whatever you are weakest at as a person. And it is that part of the game that will bring you enjoyment and fulfillment if you can work on it. This is this is where I'm you know, going in a little bit into rhetoric, but it's like, what is most engaging about a fighting game for me, and what I would argue is most engaging about a fighting game, even for others that don't know it yet, is when you recognize that you have grown. When you recognize that there was something you couldn't do that now you can do. It's the parts of the game that are hard, that make them interesting and worth engaging with. And if you don't do if if you think about what's hard and see those as barriers, then you're not you, you don't you aren't appreciating the game as much as you could. Like you, everything that's hard about a game is a challenge you can overcome. And granted it's a video game, you know, like we said, some people don't want to practice all day. People just want to de-stress or whatever. But if you want to get the most out of the fighting game experience, you should keep trying to do things that you currently can't do. And you'll reach a point where you can do more than everyone around you. And then you start winning. And then, and, then, and then it takes shape as something completely different. And then, you know, you can take it to a different type of competitive journey if you would like, you know, it's sort of like, do you want to be a teacher or do you want to be a destroyer? You know, Serlin wrote about this in playing to win, you know? You know, d- despite anything else you may have heard about him and things that have been done, that book is still extremely relevant, and I recommend you read it. Um, what, what again, book, what book? What's the title of
0: the book? Just to uh, playing, that I
2: don't to have, playing to win. Playing to win. David
0: Sarlin.
2: Playing to win by David Sarlin.
0: I'll, I'll check it out.
2: Um, it's it's a very quick read, um, but like it's uh, you when you reach a point in fighting games where you can actually do things, you decide what to do with that. Do you want to teach people? Do you want to dominate people? do you want to instill fear in people or do you want to you know just have fun playing wonky characters now that you have the ability to play them um you know just getting back to the original question what's the hardest game it's like you 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 should pick the hard game in my opinion um if you if you can stand it if if you like the way Tekken 8 looks but you think that that it's hard then you should definitely play Tekken 8 because you will grow and then your opinion on Tekken 8 will change, and you'll start having lots and lots more fun. And if, if maybe you play Tekken already, and it's like uh, I'm curious about Virtua Fighter, but it seems hard, then you should play it. And then you will grow, and then you'll take a new perspective on it. Just keep getting fresh perspectives and keep growing, and that is how you get the most out of fighting games.
0: Excellent, excellent answer. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, if, I mean, what if you what if you end up
3: as the man who's uh, great at fighting, good at at fighting games, but too good to play as friends. You got to find new friends. Is
2: that, is that I mean, help your friends get better. And if, if they don't want to get better, that's a separate issue. But, you know, it's it, at the end of the day, it's, it's a social thing. People have different limits. You know, if you get into baseball, not all your friends are going to want to run around the baseball field all day. Not everyone is going to want to do it. So there, there's always going to be an element of, you know, People will join and leave at different times of their lives when they're ready for it. When they're not ready for it, they'll have different experiences. It's a life experience thing, right? So it can be frustrating to be in a like a physical place or at a certain skill level where it feels like you're not getting the experience that you want. And my advice for those people is that that's how it is now. That's not necessarily how it's going to be tomorrow or in a month or in three months. And you are in a place and you have the ability to change where you're going. There's a future that you can make if you work on specific things, and there are people that are willing to help you work on those specific things. I can't help you with the boring stuff, the population density, the socioeconomics, the where you live, but I can help you with some of the other stuff. And if that's the hurdle, get someone like that to help you, because it will absolutely help you get to where you want to be with fighting games. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. Awesome, man.
0: Uh- Juice, where can people find
2: you? Oh, okay, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, So I'm on Twitter way too much, which is annoying because it's like my only social media and Elon Musk is really, really, really trying to burn the whole place down. So at some point I may need to make a shift to Mastodon. Or I may just eventually only be on Twitch. (laughs) But um, I hang around the KOF and Virtua Fighter discords a lot. So if you ever ask for a tip, I'm likely to like chime in and help you with some of that stuff. Uh, But my Twitter is at Juicebox underscore FGC. I'm pretty open to receiving questions uh, about stuff. And I'm on Twitch also as uh, Juicebox FGC. Um, And I stream pretty frequently. I'm trying to stream like between three to five times a week um, after work and on off days. Um, But uh, I I enjoy talking about this sort of stuff. I appreciate and welcome questions like this like I want to help people understand and appreciate and enjoy fighting games for what I know them to be which are an amazing genre that are well worth the effort um and uh but yeah um it shouldn't be too hard to find me um twitter and twitch are probably going to be the best ways um at least for now yeah Awesome.
3: Do you, do you still do lessons every now and then? I know uh, people have taken lessons from the past. I think Matt's taken lessons. I've watched.
2: I think I, I dabbled with that in the Street Fighter 5 days. I personally do not like giving paid lessons. I just have an anxiety about someone with a lot of money who is willing to pay for something that technically is valuable, but if they don't necessarily have the experience that they want, I don't want to become a customer service person. I don't want to have to talk about things like refunds or dissatisfaction or whatever. You should see me as just the dude and a resource that you can ask for help. If you would like something private, like a lesson of some kind, let me know. We can play. If you need to set up a time where I'm not streaming, let me know. I'll see if I can work with you. I don't think money needs to enter the equation whatsoever. If you appreciate what I have to say, donate to the stream or something you know it's it's it, oh, yeah. i i i don't i want it to be a free exchange i believe very very specifically in the freedom of information and in the yeah. scientific enterprise oh, and I'm sharing yeah. that stuff like down to my core it is one of my central core philosophies i hate when money enters spaces that it doesn't need to be in and I feel like fighting game information is one of those things. I understand why people value it. I understand why it can be viewed as something that's worth paying people for. But I also don't see it as necessary for that. I'm just a dude. You're just a dude or a dudette. You're, you're, you are just the person who's interested in fighting game knowledge. You can just ask, and that'll be fine.
0: Well, <laughs> you know, um, he's a dude, she's a dude, and we're all dudes. We're all dudes. We're all dudes. Hey. West Coast, everyone's a dude. Uh Quint, where, where can people find you? Also, really quick, sorry, uh I what? will link oh. I'm gonna link those Discords in the video description and the podcast description. So if you guys are looking for it, it should be down there. Uh Quint, where can people find you?
1: Uh mostly scrubbing it up on twitch.tv quintessencehd slash quintessence HD, playing Tekken 7 and trying to play some variety, but you know that's not really working out so well lately i uh, also posting fairly sparsely and sparingly on Twitter because it's just a dumpster fire right now. <laughs> and, of course, on this podcast,
0: uh, where I
1: just add little quips and quotes and do my best.
0: Uh, so you guys can find The Backlog on Twitch, Instagram, YouTube. We're on TikTok. Uh, anywhere you can find podcasts, uh, to search The Backlog or The Backlog Podcast. You should be able to find us. Uh, but other than that, guys, this has been the backlog podcast number fifty-one. Uh, we'll see you soon. Peace out, y'all. Bye. Yeah. Bye.
4: And now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain, my friend. I had to do, and saw it through without exception. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the highway. And more, much more than this, I did it.